Welcome to Paradise. Our first campaign, Advantage in Paradise, is a weekly actual play D&D podcast recorded live on Twitch every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the dulcet tones of our dungeon master, Sean O'Donovan, as he guides you through the wondrous world of Aradun. Picking up right where we left off, make sure that you have listened to episode 26 as there's no recap. As Wiswick cast the spell to read the fountain plaque, the rest of the party gathered food and drink to join him in the park as the beautiful scene unrolled. Villagers began to stream into the streets and into the park to enjoy the peaceful lights. Children chased fireflies as family sat amongst the soft grass, and a warm spring breeze swept through the shifting branches above. A new life and hope for the village of Brockland Glen. We left off there as our heroes began to consider the next journey. Now where we'll actually start off is the next morning, unless anyone has something specific that they would have liked to have done the night prior or spoken to one another about. Yes, please. Okay. Um, so I'm assuming that we all, after we all had that, that lovely moment in the courtyard, we all kind of retired to our rooms, right? Yes, it was very, you know, it was already pretty late, I'd say. Um, mm -hmm. And you were very tired from an exhaustive day. Uh, so you didn't have much time to, to chat or discuss. Mm -hmm. um, you simply sort of enjoyed that small moment and then retired for the evening after your meal and drinks. Okay. Um, so Wiswick and I are sharing a room because Wiswick was the only one brave enough to room with me. So, um, as we're, you know, unpacking I, I, and getting... I think he just, just, just drew the short straw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. I just um, didn't speak up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you got stuck with me. Um, Wizwick, do you have a moment before we go sleep? Sure. What's up? Um, I found this down in the, uh... In the cave, and I'm going to show him the the dagger with the opal in it. Um, it doesn't seem like a, a normal dagger, and I was wondering if you could work some magic on it. It would be my pleasure. And <laughs> I pull out my large uh, diamond and begin casting Identify. Okay, are you uh, just going to cast it with spell slots since you're going to bed anyway? Yeah, why not? Okay. All right. So you uh, immediately, um, as you lay down the di the uh, the op uh, opal, right, or <laughs> pearl, <laughs> pearl, oh. Oh. Um, pearl into the feather of the uh, the ritual, you begin to cast it. Wizwick's eyes grow a, a bright color as Wizwick. You see for a moment somewhat the history of the dagger, as you can see uh, an individual in a forest being attacked by Bullywugs and overwhelmed as they threw this dagger across the waters and it zipped through the air at very fast speed and slammed right into the chest of a Bullywug. And then just a few seconds later, it vanished and reappeared in the individual's hand as this is a dagger of return. Hell yes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you could whenever you throw this dagger, you have to be attuned to it. But whenever you throw this dagger, at the start of your next turn, it'll return into your um, sheath or hand um, at the start of your turn. Very cool. I feel like that. Uh, you're right. Say. 
Yeah, I relay this information, <laughs> I say. Uh, yeah, this looks like it will be of great use. You'll be able to throw your daggers at people. Sounds like lots of fun. I mean, I you... always throw my daggers at people, but what makes this one special? It, it returns back to you. I told you. Oh. Yeah, that like... special. Yeah, it sounds pretty fun, honestly. Like, I wouldn't mind attuning with it just for some practice. Well, let me have a go with it first. Oh, of course. I mean, it's your dagger. You're much better with these things than I am. I'll take it back. Thank you. You're um, I was also hoping, if it if it's not too much to ask, um, if you might be willing to set up your alarm thing by the window, at the windowsill. I don't see why not. Uh, Timber, Timber's a, gonna uh, knock once more. On our door? <laughs> oh. <Yes. laughs> Are you still a wolf right now? Uh, no, I'm Are gonna hybrid? become hu- no, hybrid right now. I was okay. wolf for, yeah. Okay. Um, as I'm going over to open the door, I'm saying over my shoulder to Wiswick, um, I had an unexpected visitor last night, and I don't want to repeat. Um, and then I'll open the door. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, oh, are you coming in here now? The bed? Uh, no. Um, Wiswick, I need your assistance. Or I have something that you might want. First Get off, in line, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want you. I, I I reach and I pull out the tiara, and but with my uh, mage hand. Oh, that's mm-hmm. pretty. I don't like the way it looks. Where I did you find it? On that mage, next to the hydra. Oh. I did this too. I looked at the glove. Uh, I forgot to take it off. But uh, you found all sorts of things. Uh, just the two, actually. Um, sorts. <laughs> uh, if you could identify these. Oh, I see you have your well, pull out already. Uh, well, yeah, you... I'm I'm in the middle of a with uh, a ritual right now. Maybe in just a few minutes. Just okay. leave him on the floor over there. Mm. Wiswick's starting a queue. <laughs> this tiara doesn't look like something I want to give you unchecked. So I'm going to stay right here. Well then, can you come in so I can close the door? Yeah, I don't want people looking at me anyway. And I'll come inside and, and I uh, slouch down next to the door. Onto the floor. Right. So, over the course of the time, Wizwick, you want to identify all of the items? Uh, I think that before I start off with that tiara, um, just because it was on the um, head of a crazy man, probably just want to take an arcana check and see if I can tell just from having experience with cursed items before whether it's something that's safe to touch. Mm-hmm. Okay, give, uh, give me an arcana check. Ooh, not bad. Uh, how about a 28? 28, okay. That's that's definitely going to help you out. So as you observe the diadem, um, as it's held up by uh, 
by Timber's shadowy mage hand. Um, your experience, not only with experience, with actually being bestowed a curse by the ring on your finger, but the abnormal shadows that cover the otherwise pearl diadem, um, they do look nefarious to you, and, and definitely, you can't tell 100% if it's cursed, but you would definitely bet on it that this is cursed. Um, I know it's, I know it's not usually my bag to turn down magic items, uh, Timber, but I'm gonna have to pass on this one. Um, I, I kind of learned my lesson about, uh, these things that are too cursed to touch. You could still cast Identify on it, but, uh, you just know that it, it's cursed. It's, and it's the kind of thing that you would understand that based on what you know of the mage, this is likely an item that when you cast Identify, it'll tell you what it is, but it won't tell you what the curse is. And that the curse is meant to be applied upon a uh, attunement to the item. Okay. Um, yeah, because I do have to touch the item. Cast mm-hmm. it. Um, you don't know, you guys. You guys don't know what happens when you touch it. You haven't touched it yet. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, do you want to touch it first, or? No, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm I, already cursed. I trust your inclination. I don't. Uh... <laughs> How about this one? <laughs> I show him the glove. And I, um, may not work, but why don't I try giving Jet a shot at picking up the... You can definitely give that a try. You'd have to, uh, resummon... You, are you resummoned Jet last time you were... No, Jet's dead right now. You have to resummon Yeah, I think you killed him again. Yeah, he got sucked in <laughs> Maybe yeah, I killed him. Colossus when you cast, when you tried to revive him last. Yeah, I wanted to see if it would be safe in there. It definitely wasn't. Um, okay, uh, so I guess I'm going to recast that, okay. and then we'll test with Jet to see if that does anything. Okay. While Make he's sure doing mark that. off the uh, the uh, ver- um, components for that. While he's doing that, while we're uh, <clears throat> we're, we're getting get ready to go to bed, I'm going to turn to Kirat in our room and go, remember when people just went to bed? <laughs> You know, in Elysia, actually, we have a very specific ritual that we perform for retiring for the night uh, to give thanks to Ivania and all that she's done for her. Right. He says well, with a big grin on his face, staring back at Cal. Well, well good night, then. <laughs> good night, friend. <laughs> Cal's the only one just going to sleep. <laughs> Cal's had a long two days. <laughs> he has. That's for sure. I mean, Wizwake's running ragged right now. (laughs) To be fair, the two days are the long as for Cal as everyone else. 48 hours. (laughs) Unless time works differently. Anyway. Emotionally. uh, Kiron, or uh, not Kiron, Wizwick, you have summoned uh, Jet. Sort of the the, uh, the incense burns away and the smoke reforms into the fiendish bat we're all familiar with. Uh, As Jet starts to squeak around you and immediately lands hanging upside down on your arm. Uh, Happy to see you. Welcome back, buddy. Uh, we got a new uh, mission for you, little guy. Uh, why don't you go and pick up that thingy over there? 
You see, for just a brief moment, Jet kind of just looks at you with the bat face, turning it like <laughs> another one. <laughs> and he flutters off of you and softly lands on the diadem on the ground. And you see he picks it up once with his, his feet and flies up and drops it. And then he kind of nudges it with his head and then just sort of looks at you and squeaks back. Mission accomplished! And I just make him disappear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's safe to touch, and I pick it up. Nothing happens to you. It is very cold to the touch, and it definitely feels uh, heavier than it should, but nothing happens to you. Mm. I wouldn't put it on. I'm not going to. Can you see me with a tail? I wasn't, I wasn't talking to you. Oh. I can't see well, him with the tear either. <laughs> I put it back. No. So are you going to cast identify on it? Am I? I want to. Get, I mean, I got my hand. My hands out, waiting to like. Oh, take okay. Then I bring it back out and put it in his hand. Yes. Okay. So you perform the ritual again, as you sit there and you all watch as Wizwick starts to. Um, Perform the ritual, his eyes flutter back again, and he gets a vision of this di- di- diadem, this, this headband in its original state, made of a, a bright, shimmering pearl, um, intricate, woven uh, filigree, um, befitting the highest of noble elven princes. Um, as he sees it being worn by a very tall, um, similar to Valen, uh, Wood Elf, except no antlers. They have they're very thin, and their face is is very sallow, and they have their um, their head is completely shaved except for a tuft of hair in the front. It's held tight with a band. It sticks out a bright navy blue color. The skin a darker bronze. Um, eyes bright green as this wood elf is just standing, sitting amongst a open air uh, um, meeting space with several branches and trees all around. <clears throat> and they're just, that's, that's all you see of its origin. And what you understand of it by this as you tap into the strings of reality to understand is this is a headband of intellect. That is ancient and cursed from your arcana check earlier. Interesting. Uh, I don't know what a headband of intellect does. but oh. Headband of intellect increases your <laughs> intelligence to 19 um, automatically upon attuning to it. It cannot increase your intelligence by more than 19. If your intelligence is above 19, it does not do anything. Uh, yeah, I say, I, I realize that, um, it seems that this is an artifact of the Wood Elves, um, some sort of, uh, intellect-boosting magic. So it makes you uh, smarter? Yeah, essentially. Okay. Taps well, into your almost potential. Almost as smart as me. That's what intellect means. We should see if, uh, Kiron can get rid of this curse on it and... Then we can use it. I uh, put it. Well, get rid of this one first. 
Uh, uh, <laughs> this one seems better. Um, you want to hold on to it? Or do you want me to... Here you go. I, and I, no, no, I think you should hold it, Timba. Eh, he could put it down. It's not going to summon a demon. Uh. I'm not really interested in it either way. I'm already smart enough. Uh, okay. It's the uh, only thing Timber will not. The only light he won't cross. Not going to summon a demon? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, how about this one? I show him, or put my, put my hand out. So what, nice you there. <laughs> what you see with, with is the, glove. the uh, yeah the, the glove that uh, he had gotten off of the um, uh, the the mage in the, uh, in the tunnel uh, or in the cave. Uh, it's it's a dark blue glove that has this lighter blue stitching on it that is in a mural of a storm moving across the fingers with streaks of arcs of lightning up each of the fingers. Um, <clears throat> When you cast Identify on it, uh, there's no um, vision with this one. Um, although I will occasionally give you visions because Identify does say gives you the nature of its creation. Um, this one seems to, from your understanding, is a a, uh, a home-brewed uh, contraption by that potentially that mage that was using it. And uh, what this is is a um, is a glove of the Storm Lord, Ooh. and it has um, <clears throat> it has uh, one charge of scorching ray in it, or not scorching ray? Sorry, of um, of, of essentially scorching ray, but it deals lightning damage. Um. It has essentially you can have five individual arcs of a scorching ray esque lightning strike, or you can consume them all and cast chain lightning with it. <laughs> Every time you cast chain lightning with it, though, you roll a d20, and if you get a natural one, the gauntlet uh, turns to ash on your hands. And that's only when you roll do the chain lightning. Yes, only when you cast the chain lightning. Otherwise, you could do five beam a five beamed uh, scorching ray that deals lightning damage. But you consume it all to deal chain lightning, um, and then you roll a d twenty. If it's a natural one, the glove will turn to ash. Okay. I yeah. I, I tell you everything. Thank you, Vizik. I think I know how to use this. I'll keep it. I mean, sure. Okay. It does require attunement. I will sleep with it. <laughs> uh, I, I, okay. My, thank you, wizard. Also, what did you see on the other side of that portal? It was a land of cupcakes and wonders. Okay, that's it. And I, <laughs> I, walk out, I walk out of the room. It, I, and then I go up to Scarlet and I say, it really wasn't cupcakes. I just wanted to get him out of here. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I appreciate your efforts. Are you all right? Yeah. Besides being tired. Practically dragged you out of there. 
Well, um, honestly, I don't know what to make of what I found down there. Guess it's better to discuss it in the morning when everybody's around. Tend to agree. Shop of mine's a shop of. I'm tired too. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> as our adventurers feel the tug of night as their aching bones need respite, you all find sleep easily enough quickly in your rooms within the Guaverine Tooth Inn. Um, night comes, and you very quickly, uh, the next morning, night goes without any issue. No visits in the night, no triggering of alarms, no dreams other than your own, as you all awake bright and early the next day, because this is the earliest you've gone to bed in a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd say for you, uh, Kiran, you're waking up um, very early um, oh, and have plenty yeah. of time to, uh, to pray and meditate before your allies awake, I'd say around 7 a.m. What would you like to do? The day is yours. Well, um, I I, I wake up and I. Good morning. <laughs> uh, I I I have a few. Um, I I wanted to speak to someone uh today. Um, from the shop that I visited uh the other day. Um. I had some unfinished business with her and um, plan on walking around town a little just yeah, to see how's yeah. everybody doing. Um, do you want to come with me? Sure. Can you give me an hour, though? I would like to get to know this dagger. All right. I, I can um, I can cast some spells in the meantime. Perfect. Um, is the dagger in D&D Beyond, Sean? You're Probably. muted. He's talking. <laughs> it is not in D&D Beyond yet. Okay. I will put it in your inventory for you once I create the custom item for it. Thank you. Um, I am taking the time to attune to it. Right Excellent. Now. All right, so just keep track until I put it in there that you have an item attuned. Perfect. Um, and it's, it'll, and you, you kind of, you, as you're sort of sitting in your room, alone you start to kind of get used to it you kind of throw it and a few times it doesn't really do anything and you're just kind of like fuck you lied to me um <laughs> and then finally you just sort of don't give a shit and you're just like Ugh. and you throw it across and it, it hits right into the wooden wall and you're just sort of like you step over to the window to look out frustrated and then suddenly it just appears in your hand you quickly grab it before it falls and stabs you in the uh, in the leg and you you test it a few more times to get used to it used to the re reappearance of it um kind of making sure you know instinctually how to grab it <laughs> yeah uh, without hurting yourself oh, i like this very much uh i'm gonna be casting sending Ooh. okay who are you casting sending to well i think wiswick's first uh cast would probably be back home since he just learned the spell uh he wants he wants to use it personally mm -hmm. and then see if he can like uh use it again to help the party but currently he's just feeling a little homesick and he has his chance so he's gonna try and get in touch with his uncle oic okay let me just 
pull up my notes before you talk to Uncle Oik. <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, yeah, okay. It's not very much information that I can relay, but mm -hmm. I want to say something along the lines of, Hi, Uncle, Master. Uh, oh, <laughs> You want to workshop? Found, you want to take a second? I found no. I mean, no. I got it. Okay. I, I found. Okay. I found. I found. I found. <laughs> <laughs> I found uh, remnants of your work in Bracken Ridge. Is that where we're at? Bracken, Bracken Glen. Glen. Bracken Glen. Have you found the evil spire yet? That's really it. cool. Oh, oh no, you have five more. Sorry, you have five more. Really cool. Really cool. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So as the... I love sending so much. I'm so glad you have it. <laughs> uh, so as you send this message off into the ether, you kind of sit quietly and await... Uh, the response as you slowly hear and the vo familiar voice echo entering into your mind. Lizric! <laughs> Is that really you? It's been so long. Uh, yes, yes, the spire. I... Cracklin, Glenn. And you can tell he's somewhat struggling to remember a little bit exactly where. Yes, I I was there many years ago. Not many know about the spire. Except for the witches and wizards of that land. Be careful. It spires. Dangerous temptation for those like us. It is good to hear from you. I hope your journey is going well. Call any time. Great, you guys. You guys was Frank Oz just here? Uh. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded scary, Sean. That that's my brother's voice. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> He's just Yoda. He's just Yoda. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. Don't sue us, Disney. <laughs> is that is that Grimgrog, Brimwick? Which one has the? Uh... <laughs> I'd say probably Grimgrog. Yeah, Grimgog definitely has got a Yoda voice. <laughs> All right, moving on. But yes, uh, your uncle responds to you. In your, you can somewhat tell from his voice that he, he sounds... He's always been a loner, of course, and kind of isolates himself for his research and somewhat 
looked down upon by the rest of the community, as you know. Um, but he sounded, you've never quite heard him sound as old as he really is until now. Uh, yeah, I kind of just sigh and like listen fondly to the message. And uh, it gives me like a, a, a pep in my step in the morning to hear back from him. And uh, I think I go downstairs and uh, try and look for the barkeep to see if she has some time to talk to me. It's not hard to find her. She is uh, setting up for the day. She's actually not, actually, no, she's, it's actually pretty early. So she's actually just sitting by the hearth as uh, Toira is kind of stoking the fire and getting it ready for the morning. As Paravel is just sort of sitting in a rocking chair that wasn't there before that um, she seems to have dragged out here as part of her morning ritual. As you see, floating beside her is just a little cup of tea in what looks like an antique um, teacup uh, and a, uh, a rasher of bacon as she is s- simply reading a book and rocking back and forth. It's a very cozy scene here at 7 a.m. in the Garverine's Tooth. Uh, I think I sit down on the floor in front of her, like cross-legged like a little kid, ready to hear a story. <laughs> and I say, good morning! Uh, you know, I just talked to my uncle uh, using some magic. He, he uh, wanted to say hi. He sends us love from the Underdark. She she closes the book and kind of sets it on her lap with a big smile towards you. Oh, old Owick, eh? Oh, well, uh, it's good to know he's alive. Uh, and I uh, hope he remembers me, and I certainly remember him. Uh, please, next time you speak with him, give him my best, and I hope to see him again one of these days. Hope he gets to go on another one of his adventures in his age. Can you tell me a little bit about him? Oh, of course. Uh, What would you like to know? Well, it seems like you two went on some adventures together. Maybe you could enlighten me to uh, what you found. Give me a, um, a persuasion check. With advantage. Okay, thank goodness. (laughs) Uh... How about an eight? An eight, okay. With advantage. <laughs> so she smiles at you and, and, and kind of looks into the fire wistfully, remembering her youth. Because um, under the kind of stark light of the fire, you can see what you didn't notice before in the raucousness of the tavern and how quickly she moved about. There's some gray in her fur and, and some, some wrinkles beneath the, the light fur of the fair bulk. She thinks to her, her youth. Uh, well, there's a lot of stories there, for sure. Master Wizwick, uh... Oh, maybe I got a few for you. Uh, let's see, what can I remember? Well, you know, your your uncle, he came to Brackland Glen so long ago. It was before I really set my roots in. And I was a bit of a, uh, raucous youth looking for adventure myself. Uh, we didn't... And I really, uh, well, I guess it's okay to talk about it, but, uh, we used to go, uh, 
what uh, folk sometimes call spelunkin. <laughs> you know, as I think uh, adventurers of your note would have recognized, uh, Dressics. It's a bit uh, pocked with caves and underground networks of old times. And if you're lucky, you find the right one. And you'll find remnants of the old world. Whether it's uh, old old automatons or uh, defunct magical items. Or if you're real lucky, you'll find some of the remnants of the old imagined set spire. Uh, now, not a lot of the Tressians, they don't really like to think about uh, the old days. They prefer today, as one might say. Uh, so not a lot of folk really care too much about what imagined set used to be. Oak, he had a, had a keen mind, real interested in that kind of stuff, artifacts and all that. I was really just looking for adventure and to get out of this small town. Uh, oh, a few times we went down below. Uh, but usually we'd, we'd fight off a few spiders and maybe a creature or two, and, and he'd spend hours as I just sort of watched him work studying these relics and artifacts. Now, I'd say we went as far north as uh, the Veragrin Well uh, along the northern byway. Uh, he's the first person I knew who had dared to go into those woods. Yeah, we didn't find much that to our liking. It was... <sighs> it was a good journey. I, uh, you see her kind of brush her hair, her braided hair aside and you see this sort of like floppy ear comes out and you can see there's like a it's half kind of cut off and she's like, eh, I lost most of my ear on that journey. Uh, a few other scars. But uh, yeah, traveled all over with Oik when he came. We always came back here and stayed in my tavern. Not many visitors came to the Guarverine Tooth back then. But uh I had old Brian and Shane and Toira to uh, run the place while I went on adventures. Oh, I didn't make as much money back then. I don't think they're the best at uh, running the place. I heard a lot of folks were put off by Toira. Uh, but yeah, uh, you, you think they would have gotten better at it by now? Yeah. Well, you know, I guess I maybe I didn't owe so much to these little these little guys. I might have fired them by now. But, you know, that's another story for a different day. Oak was a special one. First fair Nebulon I ever met. Happy to have met another. Uh, yeah, he's just got, he doesn't even correct her. He just has the big beady eyeballs, like, bl like staring at her, like, intently through the whole thing. And uh, he says... Thanks so much for telling your memories. I, I, I really appreciate it. There's there's not many people who can can talk I can talk to about my uncle's brilliance. Well, he he was brilliant, that's for sure. He used to uh, talk about uh, some of his adventures before we met, and he'd spent some time in. Uh, uh, I forget where he, what he called it. Uh, somewhere in the Gwyn Empire. But uh, 
after he left Bracklin Glen, his next place was the uh, he needed he wanted to go to the colleges in uh, in Caradolin, get access to the libraries of the capital. Thought he could find something there. Uh, never really knew what he was looking for, but I was happy to have journeyed with him. Well then, it looks like my uh, adventures have panned out for me. I happen to have a contact or two up there. Maybe I'll go check it out and see if I can find what he couldn't. Well, I hope so. It'd be nice for the old kook to get get a little closer to his discovery. Yeah, I hope for that too. For him and my people. Well, you're a good kid, Wizwick. I better start getting ready for the day. Here, you can finish off my bacon. Do you like a cup of tea? Uh, I say. Well, um, uh, unfortunately, I'm a little short for time, too. I want to make the most of the morning. But I'll take you up on the bacon, though. And I grab the piece and uh, wave goodbye as I hurry out, scurry out the door. Can I yep. come down? I'm going with you. <laughs> It took about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say it's definitely uh, plenty of time for you to have rejoined rejoined him, Scarlet. Before we do that, I'm gonna check in with the rest of you. Cal, Curon, and Timber, what are you up to? Uh, Timber, same time as Scarlet is tuning to his glove. So you kind of, you put the glove on and you can kind of feel this static charge bristling through your arm. Your arm gets numb for a moment and you're worried that you did it wrong and you're, you're I'm too embarrassed. <laughs> something's going wrong. <laughs> um, but you notice when you put it on, the glove itself manifests around your hybrid form and expands to fit your, uh, your claws. Um, you actually see it open, the, the, the fingertips, they open up on their own magically to allow your claws to come through. And you just every now and then kind of flex them and you can kind of see like these bolts, these arcs of lightning kind of curving all over the fingers. And as you like close your fist at one point, you feel this massive charge in your hands, but you let it go. It's frightened of what it might do as you feel the chain lightning moving within. But by the end of the hour, it sort of feels like an extension of your arm as it naturally just sort of the fur on your arm starts to bristle up statically as you just feel the power coursing through your arm and you feel a certain comfort. You, you, you let out some controlled bursts from it to just sort of like <laughs> arc over to things as Cal, you awake just to the, the weird noises of static and arcs of lightning coming off of timber as he's holding this, this blue glove on his hand. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, yeah, I'm not used to this. <laughs> All right, y'all kind of rolls over in bed. Yeah, it's very much Pikachu. <laughs> Glove of Pikachu, well, yeah. <laughs> the one true Storm Lord. <laughs> um. All right. Well, Cal would probably get up. Kira, are you still in the room? Where'd you go? Yep, Kieran's like four hours ago. Yeah, just hanging out, you know, just looking at us sleep. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> uh, you know, he spends a lot of time reflecting and praying. Um, 
Kiran, what are you praying about? Or on? You know, just general life guidance and the such. Um, I always just like to check in with the big, uh, the big, uh, big eye. Ill. Big, big. Lisbonia. Sean, is there a mirror in this room? Uh, yes, when you kind of observe around, you find there's the uh, there's this little uh, dresser that has a uh, um, a very old um, grimy mirror vanity on the back, um, but it's enough for you to definitely use as a mirror. Okay, well then I'm gonna take my shirt off for the first time since I got mm-hmm. particularly badly wounded, um, which is gross at this point, uh, yeah. but. Uh, um, and I'd like to spend some time uh, reflecting on the pretty probably significant scar tissue that is mm-hmm. now adorning my torso. Yeah. So you you take off the shirt, which has its own torn edges, and it's barely a shirt really anymore. Um, as you start to look in the mirror best you can, and you kind of peeking in every now and then, you just lift your arm and touch one of the scars. And every time you get close to touching it, you just you kind of shudder remembering the the pain and the the horrible sounds of the slithering hydra and the, the <clears throat> serrated teeth ripping your flesh as you see some of them there's some that are perfect punctures single round as if you're almost stabbed by a dagger um others are, are torn shreds where this teeth dug through your your flesh and they all just sort of make a perfect uh parallel lines across your chest as you also see a few more smaller bites where the uh, the other heads had nipped you. Um, and it's just your first true battle scarring. You know, you've been hit before, but the healing always took it away entirely. This is the first remnants of conflict upon your body. That uh, was quite a serious wound you got there. Still yeah, no, it's, uh... it's fine. Um, yeah, no, I mean, yes, it was. You're not wrong, but uh, we're fine. I, I grab a new shirt and put my gear on. Easy enough to do. As Cal kind of <clears throat> uh, ignores your concern, Timber. Um, what, would, what would you guys like to do? Well, uh... We, I guess we should figure out what we're, what we're doing Sean, today. back away. Well, we should right. probably speak more with Valen. He did say, didn't he say that uh, they'd be ready by today? Correct, yes. He had gone on some personal mission yesterday. Well, then there's the, the wounded uh, man. Fallen a... Asimir. Yeah, it's a wounded man. Um, so, uh, I think we should he- try and head out today. Um, I'm checking the watch I don't have. Um, just looking at my wrist whenever we need to leave. And um, we... Uh, Alright, so you want to go check on him? Um, I'll go settle our bill downstairs and um, I'll pick us up some more rations, get the horses ready. Sounds good. I just need to stop by that uh, curiosity shop wizard so enthralled with. Uh, Kieran motions to his pack, where you see the helmet of 
animated armor we had fought uh, back in the bandit barracks uh, poking out. He's like, uh, I'm not sure if I'll find another buyer in this area, so given the collect curiosity this, a good time to sell it. Um, so you did this thing where you, you like breathed through most of the words you said, but I think you said that you were going to go sell it. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I, that's, the store is very, <clears throat> yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> I, I'll go with you, Fioran. I won't, I won't be much help, but I want to go wrong with you. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, sounds good. Well, All let's right. go check on Vale. All right, so while, uh, before you go check on Valen, I'm going to check in with Wiswick and Scarlet, who are heading towards where? Uh, the same shop they really were talking about. <laughs> uh, okay. Before we, before we step out, or as we step out of the, uh, the, um, the tavern, I want to get down to your level, and I want to say, if you run away, I'm going to make you hold my hand for the rest of the day. That sounds like fun. It won't be. <laughs> uh, I kind of just look at her and I say, all right, I wasn't planning on it. You never plan on it. I that's guess that's her. true. Uh, yeah, so I point in the direction and we start heading over to the curiosity shop. Okay. So as you step through, you kind of get a glimpse at the park again during the day now, as you see um, the trees are tall, very tall now, and you can see the the branches, they just occasionally just are just moving slowly as you hear that same sound, that rickety wood sound, as they're moving about almost as if within the breeze, but there's not really any breeze going on. It's just sort of moving of its own volition, as you can see every now and then this puff of scintillating uh, fireflies are still coming off of the tree as most of the townsfolk are just, they're still hanging out in this park. They're just so excited about it. So intrigued by it. Um, you know, you hear a few cheers as people are probably doing some games in the park. Um, you pass through the square and head towards the awkward looking shack of, um, of Sirsha's shop that sort of looks kind of crooked at all angles and it looks almost as if it's not really following the laws of physics. Um, you know, a Waddle and Dobb shop with uh, those blue shingles and out front it has the name of the shop, the uh, First Hand Curiosities. Um, you step inside? Uh, yeah. I Before we step inside, I uh, tell um, Scarlet Susha's the owner. Um, she's a little eccentric, um, but don't worry, uh, she's nice enough. Just right. um, to, uh, w warning you, there's some weird stuff in there. Uh, Cal seemed to take it pretty heavily. You'll probably be fine, though. We've seen some weird shit, so I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, yeah, step inside. So you step inside, and immediately you're overwhelmed with that waft of incense that hits you in the face. As you approach, it's that same sort of shelves on the left and right, covered in components, reagents, books, other old dusty things. 
and then um, uh, the front uh, section that has the little desk that has the different gems and scrolls in it with uh, behind it has uh, different sockets that have different larger scrolls and paper in it. You see a shelf of inks on one side. Um, and then you also see above kind of the terrace above that has the long purple um, curtains kind of making up the walls itself. As you see, Sirisha steps out from one of these rooms up top with a book in her hands. She's got the bone scarf over her. No jacket this time, just a an off-color uh, tunic with large fluffy arms with a high-waisted leather leather pants held together with a, uh, a belt that has a small um, a small uh, uh, like doe uh, skull at the clasp um, and these tall uh, leather boots as she looks down with her held back tight gray hair the small half-elven ears she looks down and she just says oh Wiswick you've returned hello Sisha Where's my best buddy? <laughs> and that's that. At that mention, Sirsha looks to her, to her left, your right, as you see this, the pseudo dragon leaps off of the bookshelf and onto your shoulders, and just sort of curls around the back of your neck like a cat does when you're sitting, and starts to purr. And you see little tiny flames flickering out of its mouth, occasionally catching a piece of your beard hair. I uh, I give the pseudo dragon my piece of bacon. It immediately snatches it up and flies up into a chandelier above that has those like horrible, like hanging wax remnants of candles. Um, as he as he just starts to gnaw it up there, kind of ripping it in half with his hands and just sort of... and uh, she slowly descends a spiral staircase out of view and comes out of the curtains. Book no longer in her hands. The rattling of the bone scarf uh, jingling through the air. She looks and just brings her hands together. And she says, Ah, you've brought your astral friend. Touched by fire, I see. What is it I can do for you two today? Uh, I'm just returning, uh, as promised, to let you know how my adventures went. Um, ah, yes. Yeah, uh, we adventured deep into a cave uh, that was near the uh, where the bullywug attacks were taking place and I ended up finding a rune of so, uh, of magical power that um, was quite scary, honestly. Um, have you ever heard of this? I mean, I might have mentioned this before, but uh, I think it might have to do with the Spire Imagine set. Mm, yes, you mentioned this last time you were here about this spire. I have heard of the spire of merchant sets. Not many Tressians like to talk about it, but I've done some exploring of caves around the area. You say there's a, and you see she immediately picks up a book and, and, a, and a, a pen and ink. Said, you say in the caves down by the stream, there's one of these artifacts of the spire. Why, yes. Um, you know, there is quite a, tri- a trip on the way there. It's a little, um, it's a little perilous that we had to fight our way through, and uh, there were a few traps of their own. I'd be more than happy to provide you with 
more detailed information of my excursion. Modest discount of your wares. Hmm. Discount, you say? Give me a persuasion check. <laughs> I'm terrible at this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I rolled good for once. Uh, how about a 17? Okay. Um, Scarlet, you notice every now and then as Wizwick is talking to her, she just sort of looks over to you and then in that sort of roundabout way and then returns to Wizwick. Certainly, I think we can arrange something. Uh, prolongs venture partnership, perhaps. If you bring odds and ends, information about mysterious relics and places, perhaps with every new piece of information, I can provide a discount on some of my curiosities. What else did you find? Did you bring me back anything? Uh, I kind of looked at Scarlet and I said, You still got those Hydro pieces? This, the, you got some teeth or something, right? I do. I'll take them out and just hold them out. Just kind of like... I'm, I noticed that she was looking at me like that, so I'm just kind of like skeptical as I hand it to her. She reaches out her arms to, to take them and it's very like... She's so, she's very spindly, and like this this uh, this tunic hangs heavy on her, almost like it used to. She used to fill it, and now it's just sort of hanging and sagging. As her long arm with very long fingers come, you see one half grasps your forearm as the other slowly takes them out, and you feel her hand kind of slither across your forearm as it comes off. It's very creepy. Yeah, it's very creepy. <laughs> As she sort of takes them in her hands and shakes them and casts them onto the top of the jeweler's set, like they're a set of dice. And you see her, she comes over to the table and kind of wraps herself around where they landed. Monstrosity bones are useful for divination with the right runes. Mm. Five gold each. Uh, I just give uh, Scarlet a thumbs up. It's like, I mean, it's your choice. They're your, your pieces. They're actually cows, but sounds like a fair price to me. Excellent. What By else the you way, <laughs> yes, um, there was a there was a person there uh, that was working with this. Perhaps. Taking care of it, feeding it. I wonder mm. if you know of any wayward wizard of the like? Maybe ones that have gone mad from years of isolation or an experiment gone wrong, perhaps? Hmm. The most. I'm going to use prestidigitation to relay of what I remember of that. An image. Okay, so you you create that face of the barely-toothed, scraggly-beard, blind mage. And she kind of looks to it, and kind of that visage you create, she just sort of like... Oh. Yes, I know this face. Ilgoth. An old mage. 
from Magin Sept. Afraid he went a bit mad. Too many volatile poisonous components in his experiments. Interesting, I believed he had left Tresex or was dead, perhaps lost. But he was so close to home. Hmm. Anything else that you had found? Well, I mean, we could tell you more, but how about we discuss business? I mean, I, I can't give you all my secrets just out of the bag. Wise words. Tell me, what are you looking for? And it's at that I'm going to cut back to our uh, our friends inside, going to talk to Valen. Uh, nice little mash cut. Mm. Uh, as we get back inside, and the two of you are heading to Valen's room, uh, do you knock on the door? Of course. Mm-hmm. You hear uh, from inside, um, Valen, just uh, simple enough. Come in. It's unlocked. Open the door. We see Valen there. Um, he is uh, in his plain clothes again. Um, that old, weathered, wrinkled face looking up at you with the antlers sticking up. Um as he looks, uh, as he's looking down at the um, the Asimer, uh Jorhen, who is laying under a blanket, and you see him with a cold, you, you see him squeeze some water out of a rag and place it on on the forehead of the uh, the Asimer. And he looks up and he just says, uh, <clears throat> "It is good to see you after last night's revelry. What can I help you with?" Of course, um, it was a nice time to relax, reflect. But now we must think of the future. Can we not? Of course, the future. Yesma, I've discovered his name is Johan. My remedies have done much work. It may take him another day to recall his memories, but he is mostly recovered. He will be, we will need to go slow at first. But I can have him ready to leave today, if that is your wish. I promised that we would be able to. We think it's best we head out as soon as possible. Well, keep you, things lively. You hear like kind of the, uh, some ragged coughing coming from the, uh, the ace smirk. <coughs> <clears throat> As his eyes open lightly, but he doesn't say much. And as uh, Valen kind of pushes back his hair a little and presses the rag down more. Certainly, Valen says, certainly. If you give me uh, some time, I can get him ready to go. Um, when would you like to leave? Timber, yeah, I'm here in hybrid form. Uh, if we never left the inn, which we did not, right? I'm still in hybrid form. Them. Yep. Okay. So Kieran would like kind of turn back to. Well, the sooner this is better. There are some 
mild hallucinogenic effects of the remedy I have provided him with. He will not be well enough to stand on his own, but he will certainly be able to stay on a horse if we strap him on. Mm. I can be ready to leave if the horses are brought out within an hour. When do these these hallucinogenics wear off? You see, there are manifestations of his memories. Since he has lost much, I am trying to bring them back from the darkness. I don't know how studied each of you are in the darkness or magics around it. Memories can be lost in Musile, the plane of shadow. This remedy is helping to bring them back. It may take a day for him to be able to speak again. It would be hard for him. Or a lot of bad memories that were hidden away. He will not be too happy to see his cursed state when he returns. But if I keep him close to me, I contend after him. We need to go slow the first day, but hopefully upon the second he will be better, strong enough to travel quicker. Sean, take a couple steps back from your mic. Sorry. You're good. That sounds fine. I believe uh, Cal is now, just now uh, tending to the horses. Uh, I have some quick business to take care of. Curiosity shop. And then we should be good to head out. I will have him ready to go. In the, if you require any more help, just let us know. Certainly, I will uh, bring him downstairs in an hour and wait for you. Kiran exits the room. Kimber follows the Kiran. Follows the Kiran. Okay. When leaving, uh, Timber mm -hmm. turns to Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Easy enough to do. Uh, checking back in at the shop. Wiswick, do you have any specific requests for her? Um, I think that I'd probably uh, just look around for her wares. Um, I just really am more interested in purchasing back maybe some of the scrolls that I had previously sold to her, or if she has any other scrolls that might be of knowledge to me. I, I, I could spend this time waiting for Stefan, or, or Kiran, uh, yes. just perusing the uh, store. It's kind of like the thing where I, I, I'm holding myself back because I don't want to look too interested in one thing, so I'm, I'm like using my like knowledge to just stay there and look as a at as much knowledge as I can before like, sure. she gets frustrated and like tells me to hurry up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So the two of you kind of wait there. Um, you start to look around at her wares. You see several components. You do see there are this many scrolls behind her. 
the gems all in the uh, the, the case. And uh, uh sorry, uh, that's your <laughs> other character's name, uh, Scarlet. You are kind of standing there awkwardly, um, as every now and then you catch uh, Sirsha just sort of watching you curiously. And um, you turn your head and you see in a glass jar, a big bullywug head. Oh, oh, is it actually doing things? Yes, it is. Nope. Okay. So it's a detached <laughs> living head of a bullywug. That's disturbing. Um, I'm going to take a step away and... Uh, is she, like, looking at me in a way that it would be like... Like, I would ask something about it. Like, I would ask her about it. Like, there's something you... Or is it just you? like... Do you yeah. want to ask her? She's. I mean, she's staring at... She's looking at you in a way that's, like, uncomfortable, for sure. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I want to ask her. I'm, I'm sorry. You seem to be staring a lot. Is there something I can help you with? She steps um, out of the kind of around and towards you from the the case of gems and just gets closer to you. You can see now she's quite tall, taller than you, and her long, elongated form is off-putting. And she just sort of takes a hand and doesn't quite touch the side of your head, kind of brings it close, and she just kind of staring across at your red hair and your, your gray skin. She just says, I'm always interested in astrally touched daughter of fire she pulls her hand away she pulls back to so sorry to be so rude I don't see many like you you're very special thank you Wispick I'm gonna wait outside okay you, as you step outside, you see Kiran heading towards the Curiosity Shop. Oh, good morning. Good morning, Scarlet. How are you today? Rested, for once. And yourself? Much the same. Uh, me and Timber. Timber, come with Kiran. So, motioning to Timber, in wolf form. Uh, me and Timber checked in on Valen. Uh, who says that he should be ready to go within the hour um, or at an hour's mark. Cal is readying the horses. Uh, so I'm going to quickly sell this. Uh, he says, holding up the the helm. Uh, and then I think we should get together and be ready to depart. I like that plan. Um, I'm going to wait out here. I don't like the way that she was looking at me. Yes, it is quite a uh, interesting shop with an interesting odor. Yes. Kiran says as he walks in. Kiran, as you walk in and, and leave Scarlet behind, you notice Wizwick kind of puttering around, looking at the different oddities every now and then, looking back at the woman, Sirsha, who you recognize, who's just sort of standing tall, looking at Wizwick, just sort of expectantly, not rushing him in any way, just sort of occasionally rubbing her hands together and just smiling at him as he looks to her. And then she looks up to you and just, ah, the twilight elf. 
a pleasure to see you. Madam, um, I believe I have something you might have interest in. Kiran says, walking up to the front desk uh, and places the helm down on it. You see her eyes widen as she looks at it and says, Where on Ardun did you get such treasure? Oh, 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 oh. Don't answer that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Here, Wiswick. <laughs> Is there something I'm missing here? She's, uh, she's, she's very interested in a lot of our stuff, but, um, you gotta make her uh, work for it, you know. We've, we've got we've got a lot of stuff here that I want. Like, check out these scrolls. Do you see all these? Uh, yes. They look quite nice. Um, you see, she's already like touching and examining the the helmet as it's sitting on her desk. You see her tracing the runes on the head with her finger, as she you see some light underneath her fingertips and her eyes as you see her uh, summoning forth a feather and a pearl and she's casting her own identify on this. Uh, a metal most rare. A magic from antiquity. You are interested in selling or trading? Um, I... I thought selling at first, but it does look like you have quite the collection here. Kieran says, looking about. Anything and that if, you think yeah. would be fitting of a elven cleric in your mm. ways? I have much here. What are you looking for? Anything more specific? Specific. I don't know, Wizwick, is there something quite in particular you're looking for? Well, um, as for magic items, I believe I already got, uh, one of her best in stock. And I, like, show off my, uh, necklace again. Uh, <laughs> but she does have some high-level, uh, scroll that might be useful to either of us as uh, casters of the like. Uh, perhaps we could find some arcane component here as well. Kiran feels a timber nudging against his leg and goes, Timber, something you're looking for? Sean. Yes. I'm just going to make the assumption here. Timber knows what a bag of holding is, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, you would. Can I look for a bag of holding? Yeah, in the perception check. Yes, I do. Okay, that's a eighteen. Eighteen. Okay, not bad. That's pretty good. Um, so, in kind of you start to explore, I guess before, um, uh, before you nudge him you start to look around um and you see uh you know amongst the shelves there's several magical trinkets that are just sort of laying about sort of 
cascaded across the room. Um, you find different components. You find strange. You find this jar filled with bat guano. Um, you find like just like the things that you don't think about that Wiswick is constantly fuddling with in his bag. Um, and then in the really dusty corner, you see kind of on a bottom shelf, somewhat hidden behind another case, is a a bag that looks like it's a, looks like a very simple bag that used to be bright in color, um, that is dulled now, that has various patterns of turquoise, um, purple, and gold stitching, um, but just sort of sits there and it and it piques your interest. Uh, after nudging Kiran, Timber's gonna walk over to it and then poke his nose at it. It seems our friend here has an interest in this. Sierra, was it? Do you mind explaining what this is? She looks over to Timber and kind of uh, steps over and approaches him and you see her spindly hands come down and pet the back of Timber's head and they're very bony and it's not, <laughs> it's like I imagine a dog would not like being pet by her. <laughs> no, but he's trying to play it off like he's enjoying it. <laughs> this is a curious beast. So intelligent. She's kind of like looking at your head uh, and looking around it. It's like, hmm. Elysian. Before, and then she kind of peeks her head and she's like, oh, I'd forgotten this was here. She kind of shoves the, the shelf around, picks it up, and kind of holds it in her hands. She keeps her eye on Timber and then returns and walks past you. Uh, and she comes up to you, Timber, and kind of gets close and just says, I'll provide you with a discount and credit if you promise to me that I can have that curious, intelligent wolf's body upon its death. Kieran looks down at Timber. Yes, I... He seems more than willing to offer his corpse to you in that situation. Hopefully it does not arise. Anytime you will need to put that into ink. I've never seen a Groot. <laughs> yeah, she's at, pretty at, much the collector. At, <laughs> at that point, Timber would, would look at Kieran and be like... <laughs> yeah, Timber knows, Timber knows how, how magical ink can do things. <laughs> um... Maybe not in contract, but should the situation arise, we'll definitely remember you. Hmm. Fair enough. Perhaps we can make a trade then. But unfortunately, you'll have to pay full price today, or full trade. And she holds the bag up. She says, this, my friend, is what is com commonly known as a bag of holding. And you see she opens it up, and she, she's like, ah, it's quite dusty and has sat on that shelf a while she reaches in and her whole arm goes in and you see she pulls out the bottom of it and you see a bunch of junk just falls out of it you see just like um old a bunch of glass vials shatter across her table you see uh um like this uh full goblin skeleton comes out of it um there's just some like old rusted artifacts and different different things that have just been worn by time a big puff of of of, of <gasps> dust comes out of it and just sort of fills the room um you see several 
coins fall out of it, um, <laughs> gems, like all sorts of of reagents and whatnot fall out of it. And then as she's kind of like shaking it, you just see this like as this very small green slime falls out of it. And as it sits on her table for a little bit, it suddenly goes and just starts dragging itself across her her uh, her case. She's Hmm, I'd forgotten what was in there. This is what you are interested in for trade? Um. Yeah. I, so I guess cool. so. It, so what does it do exactly? Well, I see you have your own bags on your shoulders, and they must make you so, so tired on your journeys. Well, this bag of holding, this small sack, can hold up to 500 pounds of goods, not exceeding the volume of 64 cubic feet. Uh, There's roughly uh, (laughs) uh, two feet in diameter at the mouth and four feet deep. The bag weighs 15 pounds, regardless of its contents. Retrieving an item from the bag requires an action. Uh, (laughs) But be careful, if the bag is overloaded, pierced, torn, it can rupture, and it's Contents will be scattered across the astral sea. You turn the bag inside yeah, out, and as you bag. saw, <laughs> the items will spill out, for, spill forth unharmed. Um, breathing creatures can hide within the bag for up to hmm, ten minutes, perhaps, depending on how much oxygen is in there. Uh, you don't want to put it in another bag of holding, <laughs> unless you wish to be spewed out into the guts of the astral sea to die there in the cold darkness. Or maybe on the other planes. But mostly it's there to make sure you don't have to worry about how heavy your bags are. Um, Timber, Wiswick, do you think this is a good trade? Is there anything else that we might need on our journey? Well, Susha, how much are you charging for it? this fantastic item and you see her and she kind of takes a step back and kind of puts her hand on the helm and comes around it holds both hands on the top of it she says I can be parted with it for this helmet seems like a fair enough trade to me I would offer you more but it is hard to find a smith who can smelt such metals and there's much, very little I can do with an automaton's head, but it is certainly valuable for research. And this metal is curious. That can certainly be parted with the bag. Um, okay, you've you've sold me on the bag. Uh, it seems very useful. Um, we'll make the trade then. You see, she drags the helmet across, and it falls down below, um, below the uh, the case. And then she kind of brings her hands together, brings the bag forward, gives it another tug to see if there's anything else in it, um, closes it up, and hands it over to you. So is there anything else I can offer you today? Precious, precious gems or scrolls of magic? Personally, I'm all set. Thank you so much, though. You have quite the collection. Thank you. And she kind of eyes down at Timber. Yes, collection. Um, 
out of character, I remember asking her about, uh, what was it, an element of water? Something along those lines. It was like a reagent. Yeah, elemental water was something that Timber wanted for his alchemy. Uh, did we ever acquire that? I, I don't think we did, right? No, mm. she said that she would be willing to trade for it if you brought her anything. Um, but that out of pocket, it would be quite expensive. Well, that's something to be considered. Um, I, I remember, Shirsha, I, I spoke about the elemental water before. If I were to tell you where you can get more of those helmets and the like, maybe some active ones, uh, more runes and more powers, would that information be worth enough for you to part with some of your elemental water? Hmm. Perhaps at a discount, but I would need some compensation. Elemental water is hard to come by unless one is flush with water elementals to harvest it from. And there isn't a elemental farm for a thousand miles, not until the Gwyn Empire. Mm. Perhaps I can give you it for the information and 75 gold pieces. Timber throws uh, up on her floor. <laughs> <laughs> you see she wags a hand and casts prestidigitation and the vomit just sort of Oh. Very bad. Yeah, bad doggy. So. Hmm. Are you interested Maybe. in such things? Um, can I reach into uh Timber's bag and perhaps pull out the cursed item that we found? You wouldn't be able to access Timber's bags appropriately. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then I guess I'm out of luck. We'll have to get back to you on that elemental water. Um, I don't know if my uh, alchemical friend is willing to pay that much, but uh, we appreciate the offer, and I'll uh, get back to you. Honestly... It's always a pleasure to see you, Sirsha. It, it was a great time. I, I'm, I love doing business here. <laughs> I'll give you a great review to all of the other people in town. Oh, I certainly don't talk too much. What if people are curious in my way? Thank you for your business and your trading. I hope your journeys are well. Yeah, I hope we can see each other again someday. Course, Wiswick Netherrock. And you leave the uh, curiosity shop of Sersha uh, Valandir with a bag of holding. Yay. Woo! <laughs> what would you like to do now? Go meet up with Cal. Yeah. Are we all done then? Yep. Yes, we we got quite an interesting little bag traded for the helm. Apparently, it can oh. hold some 
large amount in its extra-dimensional look. Huron opens it and just sticks his arm in. That's impressive. Indeed. I don't know what we put in it yet, but it could have its uses. Absolutely. Maybe stuff Wizwick can hear when he annoys us. Kiran like says that. it over his shoulder. Coily. <laughs> Maybe I should hold on to that thing. No, it's mine. I brought the helm. <laughs> Kiran says, un unusually possessive about this. <laughs> Love it. Alright, shall we go find Cal then? Yes, he said he was readying the horses. Wonderful. Away. Was he, was he ready? <laughs> That's what he told us. Bum, bum. <laughs> Sean could have anything happen while you guys are gone. <laughs> yeah, and then assassins burst into Cal's rumbling mound. <laughs> the whole half of the village was just leveled. You didn't hear anything. <laughs> Bodies everywhere. Is that a terrorist squad? Like, ah! Yeah, massive uh, <laughs> casting of silence as the <laughs> bandits are returning and the whole town is on fire. <laughs> Maybe we can give Sir Shavi these bodies. Parabell no. Black Hood Lead just holding the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and Toyra is like just kneecapping people. Yeah, Toyra oh. is Toyra is just stealth stealth killing I mean, everyone. Got stealth of like 30. So like <laughs> All right. So you find uh Cal, would you have liked to have gotten the horses ready at this time? Yeah. So I want to settle our bill. settle our bill. I want to get uh, some extra food, etc. that's that keeps on the road. Maybe mm. some salt, pork, yeah, hardtack. Yeah. I don't know what people eat back in the day. And uh, <laughs> how many days worth of uh, rations would you like to buy? Well, there's one, two, three, four, five of us. So I would say let's pick up an extra twenty-five days worth of rations. Twenty-five oh. days. Okay. Okay. Um, and just basic supplies, nothing mm -hmm. fancy. No. Uh, all right. So, all together, with also settling your bill, um, let me do a quick calculation on that for the 25 days worth of rations. Um, that would come to a total of 60, 60 gold pieces. Jesus Christ. Or actually, no, 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 nope, nope, nope. Calculated that wrong. Jesus Christ. Nah. Yeah. How much does it cost to eat for a day? No, no, I 100% in my mind calculated um, silver, and silver wrong. Um, because, yeah, because five, it's five silver a ration. So 125 silver is 12 gold pieces. <laughs> so I'd say with also with your other... Um, your other uh, uh, bills, I would settle it because you bought some pretty fine um, drink while you were here. Um, I'd say it. You paid for. True, true. Um, and you didn't buy too much drink the night before, um, but you did have another set of rooms. I'd say let's even it out at uh, uh, 20 gold pieces for the whole thing. Okay. As well as, and that includes extra, extra food for the horses. Yeah. <laughs> some fodder. <laughs> Yes, um, so yeah, I'd go out and I would get our horses saddled and uh, all the food into distributed evenly amongst saddlebags. Mm -hmm. And I then I think what uh, I named my horse. I don't have a name for mine yet. Um, I think it was either Shadow or, or Storm, and I can't. Come here, come here you. Shadow Storm. He hasn't done anything worthy of it, of a name. Um, <laughs> Maybe he will one day, and he'll get one. Okay. Uh, so if you I have time, I mess around with that magic weapon I have. Okay. Um, I'd say 
it wouldn't take you too long. And I'd say everyone was kind of gone and doing their thing since you pretty much stopped doing stuff pretty early. You definitely would have time to attune to the sword before going and settling your business. Mm. Um, so you kind of take it out of, uh, of the wrapping you wrapped it in. It doesn't have a sheath of its own. Um, and you start to mess with it and you see as you touch it and kind of swing the blade around the, uh, the ooze between the, uh, the cracks of the blade starts to seep out every now and then and drip down the blade as you're just sort of unsure how the magic works until suddenly you watch as the ooze slinks down the blade and then onto your fingers and then it just and goes up your arm and then sort of absorbs into your flesh. <laughs> uh, very uncomfortably. It kind of actually stings a little bit, almost as if you were getting, uh, there's a hotness and warmth within your uh, your veins, as if it was uh, seeping into your veins. As you um, find yourself somewhat against your own, <laughs> not of your own volition, um, saying... I 127 hours my arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your arm is fine. Like, once it seeps in, it seems to... There'd be no sign of it having done so. Um, and you just sort of find yourself, not of your own volition, whispering, he's a goth. Suddenly, the, the ichor shoots up your arm into the blade, and you see the, 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 uh, the ichor kind of stiffens as the blade extends out to a reach and as a whip-like blade at this point, and you're able to kind of, and, and your, it kind of responds to your your mind yeah. as in, you want it to, to move as you practice with it in the air as yep. the prongs of the black have been attuned to you. We're going to get real acrobatic with that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, a homebrew item by the um, Underground Oracle. Underground Oracle, thank Woo! you. Um, a uh, somewhat dormant version of their much more powerful <laughs> item. <laughs> but nonetheless, very cool item. Check them out if you want to find some cool homebrew stuff. But you're able to wrap the blade back up, um, put it away. Um, if you, you want to spend a couple silver, you can go and purchase a suitable um, sheath for it from Scrivers. Um, and then get the horses ready. I just want a, a frog for it. A frog? Yes. Oh, fine. I'll explain. Yes, please uh, explain a frog yourself. Was uh, the thing that actually Ribbit. attached uh, swords to like your belt, and you technically could um, hang a naked blade through it, okay. as long as it had like a like a metal uh, ring that wouldn't cut. You can easily enough acquire that. Um, all right, so you get your you get your everything ready. You get the horses ready. You see your friends approaching the tavern as you have the horses at the front, um, and you are reunited. And it feels so good. <laughs> what time did Valen say he'd be down? He said uh, at an hour's time he should be ready with the fallen Asima. That hour's almost been up, so he should be. That hour's almost now. been up, so he should. All right, be should done. I go help him carry the carry the the the, the guy? Joe, what was his name? Jorhen. 
Not you. Josie. God. <laughs> Sorry, I did I didn't I didn't mean to to pry, but I heard someone say Jordan earlier. <laughs> <For the, laughs> uh, hey, hey, Tyra, how are you? As you see, Tyra's been brushing one of your horses the whole time. <laughs> and technically, since I'm alert, I knew she was there the whole time. <laughs> no, she's immune. She's that stealthy. Yeah, Tyra oh, okay. has extra stealth forty, extra stealth, anti-alert stealth. Oh, okay. She's actually a, a fallen god. That one with the shadows. Yeah, yeah, she's actually the, the big bad of this whole campaign. <laughs> she'll come back at the end. You'll have not seen her, and she'll be like, "You thought I wouldn't be here." <laughs> you feel like I'm Jasper. I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I was there when you fucked the Hydra. <laughs> I was there when this whole damn planet was created. Um, all right, so Cal, you go inside and you see Valen is slowly kind of helping the uh, um, the Asimer down the steps. Um, the Asimer is pretty much mostly unconscious, and he's sort of wrapped in in, in sort of different wrappings over certain wounds, um, with a, a, a very simple cloak wrapped around him as. Uh, Valen has much of his armor on. He has his bag over his shoulder that has all the Acemer's uh, clothes. And um, you quickly go up to help them, and Valen... Thank you. It will be slow goings at the beginning of our journey, but hopefully he will be well enough to not slow us down tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, I help him carry the guy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so by, at this time it's about... Um, it's still pretty early at this point it's about 10 a.m um and you can get a pretty good head start on on your journey especially since you'll have to go a little slow with the uh the asimer um are you ready to leave Brecklin glen yeah i've okay. been ready for two days <laughs> scarlet's been ready for her whole life <laughs> all right so you find yourself leaving uh, what's the uh, marching order of your uh, your train of horses? I'll be uh, up front, keeping an eye. Timber's horse is in the middle. You have a horse? Timber have a horse? No, I'm Timber, you don't. I don't I'm, I'm <laughs> screwing around. I'm sniffing. I'm sniffing around. Kind of keeping the periphery. Kind of keeping the periphery exactly. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, where is Wiswick's uh, pony? I guess right in front of Jasper is right in front of uh, <laughs> um, Timber. Okay, so I'll say I'd your say, second. I'd say right outside of the um, the town, I would bring up something to speak with everyone. Okay, once I get all right. So where is everyone in the list though? We got Scarlet, Wiswick. Um, Kieran, you want to be next, or do you want to be last? Uh, Kieran would be riding alongside uh, Valen, talking okay. to him. So I assume that's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So Cal, do you want to take up the rear? I will if I have to. I was actually gonna do some some scouting. I feel like I'm probably the best rider out of you everyone. Maybe Valen is, but Valen might be better than you. But you of of your party, you're the one most trained with horses, and yeah. I believe as a fighter, you're actually proficient in mount yes as opposed to other people so oh, you can right. definitely you could definitely ride ahead if you if you want to i mean not te far, technically far. timber not should like be scouting, like it's like but... a back and forth kind of a thing 
We, yeah. Timber, you'd actually probably speed wise would. Oh no, you would be a little bit faster than a horse. Um, yeah. Timber. You know, horses can run it like only in his wolf form, though. Yeah. Um, wolf form. All right. So then I'm just going to say then that that Timber and Wiswick are kind of picking up the rear. Valen and Kiron are right after Scarlet, and Cal is is keeping a, a, a distance ahead, scouting ahead. Sounds good. Well, guys, um, I, I just wanted to talk about what happened yesterday. Uh, uh, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it. When I touched that uh, pillar and it sent me somewhere else, it looked a lot like the ruins where we fought the man with the pallid mask. There was a statue there that reminded me of the paintings that we saw before. I believe that it's all connected and that dark pillar must be a remnant of Set's dark path. I think that there, when I was there, there was some sort of viewing mechanism, uh, some sort of magical device where you can see places. Uh, there was a dam, a large bridge, and even a uh, study of some sort. Perhaps some sort of teleportation, to, uh, what's called pool, that was only working for the one location. I'm, I'm kind of concerned that it might fall into the wrong hands, but I'm hesitant to tell our friends in um, the the general about it. What do you what do you all think? Well, Valen's right here listening to the whole conversation, so. Visic well, I mean, he was gonna find out anyway, but I mean, like, tell him right now. I have a spell. I don't know if You're I told muted, you, Sean. Muted. Sorry. Uh, Valen is, is writing, kind of chuckles at the the, uh, the mention of it with the Asimer kind of in front of him, kind of him holding him tight there to make sure he doesn't fall off. And he just whispers back, or not whispers, but shouts back. Uh, you forgot I was also in the barrows with you. I saw all of it. I uh, cannot say I will not report what I found. I believe Wiswick meant the, uh, the spire that we found in uh behind the waterfall here in Brecklin Glen. Well, as far as I am concerned, I did not see that or hear about it. That's fair. Um, there may be a connection then with the teleportation circles that we've seen. Uh the one at Brackland Hill, at uh Orleans slash the the Satyr's Mandrix uh tower. Um, there was the other one that I had found, the Barrows. Well, oh. it is possible that they may be connected. We we know that the Barrows and Tower both had teleportation circles, but this seemed a little different. It was as if it was trans-dimensional, in a way. Plus, it really hurt whenever I used it. Vizek... Did you receive 
the letter that I sent Aren't you? you wolf? I turned it to hybrid. We're out of the town. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, yeah, Wiz he hasn't engaged in his frolicking as a wolf in the periphery. He's, as Wisbeck kind of brought you all together as you start walking your horses out and getting on them. Um, go ahead. He asked you if you did received you, the letters that... Did you receive the letters? The letter that I sent you? No. Hmm. What letter? Neverbund. How did you... No to... Ne never mind. Well, the obsidian spire we found beneath the waterfall was very similar in shape and form uh, style as the the, the gateway, the doorway that we found in the barrows uh, that mapped out the cosmos. Cosmos, is that a good way to put it? Yeah. So it could be possible that you teleported to the larger cos cosmos. Um, would, would my uh, background in religion give me any information on the astral sea and the planes of existence or give me either an arcana or a religion check can i put that uh circlet of intelligence on first <laughs> oh, i'll do to. uh religion prime proficient in can you give yourself some guidance i already it's prepared rolled. yeah you already rolled so now but i it, it is prepared it's always prepared uh well i got a 12 not bad. I mean, it, it, it's it's not a huge uh, DC for this. You would have an understanding somewhat of the cosmic order, maybe from a different perspective than, say, a, right. a wizard would. Um, but you would know that there is this cause, this astral sea that fills in the blanks and the void between the different planes of existence and pocket dimensions that create the land of the lands of the gods and, and other unknown manifestations of those aspects of the universe. And that the astral sea is somewhat this neutral ocean amongst the stars of just pure unrefined magic and void that just fills up all space that is not already filled up by the uh, planes of existence. Um, it is not particularly a place of any specific deity. It is mostly just what is what lies between the realms. The space between is uh, how we often speak of it in Elysium, uh, between our world and the gods, the different planes of existence. It may be possible that's where you journey to. Are you... Why, yes, Kiran. Very astute of you. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Are you saying... All I'm asking is, do we want me... Should I send a message to the General uh, Kingsley right now, letting him know of the possible danger in that town? Is it dangerous? Do we know that for certain? Well, we did kill the Hydra, but who else? Uh, I mean, who knows what else is going to show up there looking for that power? I don't think it's necessary. 
You can tell them yourself when we get to Triffmarch. Okay. But you're the one with the spell. You do what you want. It doesn't seem that uh, immediate. It doesn't need our attention that immediately. So I'd say it doesn't quite need doing now. I, I would keep note of it if you see some similar signs in the future. We, we may be able to use it to our advantage. And at that, I turn into a wolf and continue walking. <laughs> <laughs> you see uh, Valen kind of riding, looks back at, looks, uh, or I guess looks, yeah, looks back towards um, Wiswick and just says, I know what the general is doing right now in his journey. He is too busy to be concerned with these greater mes- mysteries. He will know at least that there are dangers beneath the ground. Strange artifacts and powers from my reports. What you wish to tell him about your journey is up to you. But he will know at the very least that there are treasures beneath Tresics that must be kept safe from those who would use them against the innocent. Speaking of which, what is it exactly that your general is doing here? Besides keeping the peace, as he put it. And for that matter, you yourself was gone, were gone the other day. Do you mind if I inquire to your actions? I certainly am. I've uh, seen much of your work, all of you, and I, for potentially lack of foresight, I seem to trust you all. I was acquiring the proper reagents to create the ingestible that I was giving to Johan here. These parts, very few know that Tresix has a deep, deep history in these, in the dirt here, in the earth. The ruins we saw are a glimpse into that history. But between then and now, at one point, these lands were my people's lands. Some of the things that grow here, I still respond to our touch. So there are particular roots and reagents that the other eyes might not see or know to use, as I have. And that was mostly what I was doing on that day. What the general is doing in Tresix at all, well, as far as he will tell me, and I am one of his most trusted companions. Tresix requires order. It is the most important kingdom for the Quintarchy. As you can see, and he kind of points as you're getting somewhat of a distance from the town now, he points at the lush farmlands around you that you can see spot the distance workers starting to till the earth and prepare it for for planting as spring has come now. You see uh, some livestock around uh, amongst this. 
and he just points to all of this and he says, Tresix is the breadbasket of the Quintarchy. Feeds many. And that food coming through Oxlin is part of the king's power. And Kinsley is here to preserve it from lax lords and a somewhat absent king in Medowin. We were to come here regardless. Stop in Magin Set and make our way to Medowin. We did not expect to come to this sort of conflict. But it is proof of why we needed to come. The new king would like a stronger presence throughout the Quintark. And we are here to do that. I can see the need with bandits running amok and all sorts of creatures like those bullywugs. I'd say your general has quite the work cut out for him. Yes, he is used to the lands of Oxlin, where there are plenty of soldiers and guards to keep the monsters at bay. Tresix is not as lucky. And there have been reports of increased activity throughout the kingdoms. Well, those that respond. There's not much news out of Zverwald. Kinsley is to go there next, once we have secured Tresix. Well, I for one am sick of all of this small town uh, chaos. Why don't we go to the big city? I hear that Cerdolan has some great libraries. Cerdolan is quite a gem of the kingdoms. Largest city in all the land. But we have a job to do. Once we get to Driftmarch, if you are done with your work with the general, you can do as you wish. But I have a feeling he, he would ask say he had some connections there for me. Oh, certainly. Kinsley has the ear of the king himself. Heinrich. I've not had the pleasure. But Kinsley has much influence in Oxlin. Hopefully he can help you. Like he helped me. And he looks to Scarlet at that. Oops, I too. Let us make way. We have lots of traveling to do today. Yeah. Okay. So, first day of travel. Uh, <laughs> Cal, I'd like you to give me a uh, perception check. Um, and then anyone else who's keeping an eye out can give one as well. We're a traveling. Um, can I just roll for my familiar and not me? Yeah. Great. 16, Remember, it's hearing sure. only. 16, okay. 22. 22, all right. 18. One. 11. 
Okay. Aww. So your passive's uh, higher. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I was thinking. I was like, do I just go with my passive? But I don't know if Sean would. You you can go with your passive if you want. I mean, I don't know. I kind of like the I like kind of like the ruling that perception checks can sometimes just be base baseline your your passive since that's what your passive is. But yeah. you won't notice as much as a successful right. um, active perception check. You'll notice more superfluous things, exterior things, as opposed to the deeper things you'd find with a perception check. So you you can choose to, but I'd say I'd say in the future it has to be at before the roll. Okay. I'll just okay. keep with the eleven since I rolled. Okay. So traveling slow today, you can get about eighteen miles in. How many miles is it to Drift March? Uh, two, uh, uh, roughly two hundred miles. Oh, yeah, no, it ain't, it ain't close. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna use these perception checks for the first two days of travel, oh. um, okay. because you're you're within the general, um, you're close to to civilization, so to speak. Civilization. And very little happens on these first two days. Um, you're, you're simply traveling along the road. I'm assuming you're staying on the road this whole time. You notice, um, Get off the road. <laughs> you notice on your first day, you're mostly moving through farmland. Um, you can kind of see small as the night starts to come. You see small smokestacks coming from farmhouses. Um, you hear the occasional sheep. Um, it seems as Whoa. though the lands north of Brackland Glen have been less affected by the bandits that were south of Brackland Glen um, for now. Uh, so it's very nice and peaceful and you, you occasionally some of you even find yourselves like nodding <laughs> off on the journey. It's a very uneventful day. You find camp easy enough um, and sort of with that sense of security from the day, you Take your uh, take your rest around the campfire easy enough. Second day comes, and you are awoken by a uh, a light but very present rain. As there's a storm above, you're awoken as a few drips hit your face. You hear the singeing of the embers in the campfire being put out by the rain. As uh, Bird sound becomes less frequent, um, but you get up nonetheless to trudge through. Thankfully, the roads are well kept in this area, so it's not going to be too much of a slog. Um, you notice as you awake, um, you notice Valen standing over and helping up Jorhen, the Asimer, who now... <clears throat> eyes wide and somewhat awake, he is strong enough to be standing. I'd say, Kiron, you're the first one awake of the group, so you kind of see, cresting the hillock that you're kind of camping around, with the morning mist and the light rain, you can see the Asimer standing on his own, away from the, the, the campsite, staring off at the kind of misted, rainy, overcast fields ahead of you, where you start to see less and less farmland, and more clusters of woods and um, streams, and more wild plains. As he's standing there just looking out on his own in the morning. 
uh, still in his uh, meditative position, you know, sitting on the floor. Uh, calls out to him, feeling better this morning, are we? You see, he looks back at you. He's not too far away from you, and he hears, and he he doesn't say anything, and you see when he turns, you can get a better... You've only seen him... You were there when they talked to him, right? Who? Yes, yeah, yes, I was okay. there. So you only oh saw God. him through the crack of the... Uh, the doorway and a few times when you were traveling with him before he looks, you can see more of him now as he's standing tall. He's, he's quite well, well built and muscular kind of the body of a soldier. Um, he's got this distinctive um, nose that is looks as though it's been broken several times and kind of has a, a, a sharp twist at the end. Um, you can see even in this peaceful stance, you can notice one of his hands is kind of fidgeting Um tensing kind of nervously uh he's very quiet but he stands with a certain arrogance almost as you look at him and he just looks down at you and he's got this uh his hair is held back in a in a bun um it's this very dark black hair he's got very pale skin his eyes are completely black um as you can see kind of underneath the bandages covered in kind of the muddy salve that uh Valen created you see a very faint light glittering underneath the skin of his chest as he looks down at your calling and just nods to you. Not one to prod. Kiran just goes back into uh, some prayers. Okay. You all slowly, several hours, or no, not that much, many hours later, uh, awake to this rain coming down um, and, 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 and hitting you in the face as you notice the Aesomer coming back to the camp walking on his own. He has a light limp to him, but he is completely autonomous at this point and, and does not require aid as Valen kind of stops him for a second and kind of grabs his jaw and looks in his eyes and checks the bandages and, and then kind of taps a hand on the shoulder with a nod. You're good to go. And here Jorhan just... Yes. I can... I can hold my own. And you can notice immediately without the you know, the harsh voice you heard before. A distinct northern Quintarchy accent, either of Sivian or Zverevold descent. Similar to Valens, as Valen is from um, the Wood Elf lands, Terramron, which is in the same region. Glad to see you're up. Um, I'm Cal. Yeah, we haven't met. I'm Cal. I don't think I've met many of you. I vaguely well, remember some of you. I'm Cal, the uh, particularly tall one next to me. That's uh, Kiran. Uh, are you a wolf right now? Uh, Amiss the, the conversation you're having, I'll turn into a hybrid. The um, Timber. Terrifyingly mutating one is, is Timber. Uh, the, the little one here, um, I say, putting my hand on uh, Wizwick's shoulder, because I respect him, um, <laughs> is uh, my friend Wizwick, and the, uh, the redhead is uh, Scarlet. We're glad to see you up. It's been a while. <clears throat> yes. It has been a rough, uh, a rough few days. I... Remembering much now, and it is hard to 
taken. I do remember somewhat of what you did in the barrel to help me from that creature. Thank you for what you've done. You're welcome. Now you focus <clears throat> on getting better, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get all this cleaned up as soon as I can. <laughs> so we'll you you all, you all get back on your horses, uh, get them ready for the day. You know, cover your heads, put on whatever hoods you might have as the rain starts to get more intensive as you continue to move on. There seems to be a storm above that seems to go as far as you can see across the horizon. It's not a, a oh, dark right. storm, so you're not going to see... Yeah. Sorry. Uh, re this uh, storm. Are we talking like cold rain, or is it like normal rain because it's springtime? Yeah, it's it's that it's that early spring cold rain that mm. still holds some of the winter bite, but is not freezing. Well, um, then I'm going to take off my uh, overcoat, armor, and hat not the hat, sorry, my overcoat and armor and stuff, uh, and I'm going to put them in an oil cloth and roll them up appropriately and put them in my pack. Um, be, because uh, that shit will chafe and you'll be have open sores. <laughs> too long. You oh, don't oh, have oh. To polish I totally, up your chain mail either. Totally forgot. I'm going to put Even my... I wear it under like... <laughs> I'm going to put my cloak get wet. and my scarf and my baggy stuff, my clothes, the additional like hidden clothes in the bag of holding. <laughs> Now that we have it. Oh, okay. I'm going to go to Kira, but mm, I'm just going to breach it and just not even ask him. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, <laughs> he rudely just oh. opens up the bag at your waist and shoves his arm in, putting his clothes in. <laughs> I, I know how to use this. Wait, what is that? Wait, it's, what is that? I stay still taking off my shit. Kellet, this is a bag of holding. You can put the, the items that you only want in here, and Kiron will carry it for you. And it will be no additional weight to him. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to do that to him, but I... Um, it will well, be no additional weight to him. It, wait, what do you mean it's a bag of holding? I don't, it's all magic. bags are bags of holding. It's uh, correct. Um, this is it's a magical, magical bag yeah. where the items being held are in another dimension. At least that's what my wife told me. <laughs> it takes a... It's not a... Kiron can stop you as you start to try to climb into the bag. It's not a... Kiron does not. <laughs> Actually, after, after his initial shock at, at Wizwick going in, he's like, oh, yes, here, look. <laughs> Cal, you see very quickly kind of gets a bit his legs in just... And you see Kiron tightens the strings of the bag. And you see it's way too small even for Wizwick. And you see no, like, pushing on the edges. Wizwick, once inside, you just are in this very dark, dark <laughs> emptiness. This another void, um, and you just kind of see like a very tiny pinch of light coming down from uh, uh, what would be the tightened uh, opening, and it just just enough to give you your dark vision vision, and you could just see like it's empty space, and then there's just Timber's cloak sitting there on the on the, the base, folded up. Um, slimes left over in there. Oh no! <laughs> what? I will mercifully say to you, Wiswick, that you had the foresight to take your socks off. Yes. 
as you entered into another pocket dimension item. I don't know. That would have been kind of fun. Immediate atomic explosion. <laughs> okay. And well, that would have been Kiran's fault because I was only going to go knees uh, up to the knees in there. Well, so, once your feet go, still would have been hole? socks into a pocket dimension, and still would have yeah. ripped a hole in space time and sucked you all into another dimension. How much? Five hundred pounds. Five hundred pounds. So like, so you just like put like a horse in there. Uh, yeah, if you could fit it through the opening. While they're having a conversation, I'd like to talk to Valen at some point. It doesn't have to be right now, but just want to throw it out there. I want to have a conversation with him. Okay. Te- so te- I t- Technically, you can throw a horse in there, but the horse will die in 10 minutes. So will Vil will, will Wizzwick. Probably less. That's <laughs> Wizzwick. <laughs> okay. As Wizzwick um, comes out of the bag... I think it's an even funnier image if Wizwick like flipped his socks off and then jumped in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking head first dive, but you know. So, <laughs> so could it hold like a hundred, like five hundred pounds of water? If you wanted to, yeah. Technically, but you have to grab the water to bring it out. No, you just go to a waterfall and hold it, right? Right, you, you hold right. it and then you would just dump, turn it upside down and just dump it all out. Yeah, so you can carry around like a whole... Gentlemen, this is an illuminating conversation, but can we get on with it, please? Nope, we're going to keep talking about this. we're going to keep talking about this. I think there's something As you pedantically talk about the uses for the bag of holding. By the way, I have no shirt on. I imagine this is all around the very smoky fire that's going out because of the rain that's falling all around you. As you've packed up all of the things that you want to protect from the rain... And uh, Valen is Valen is packing <laughs> stuff up, and you all get onto your horses and start making your way. Scarlet, after a few moments of traveling on the road, you can bring your horse back to Valen to speak with him. Okay, um, I'd like to do that. Um, Captain, I never asked you that night you came to speak with me, but I'm curious. What is it that the general? Pardoned you from. Ah. I suppose it was only a matter of time before you asked. Well, as I said previously, the my people in Teramran, they do not have. trials for criminals when they are caught and I happen to be caught you see Taramran is a closed wood they have their arrangements with Oxlin but they do not allow anyone in or out without their express permission as you may imagine with some of the artifacts and specific magic properties of the Wood Elves, it is a ripe situation for, call it what it is, smuggling. Movement of individuals in and out, movement of artifacts in and out, knowledge of passageways through the woods that are safest, 
And I was one of them. The general was on an embassy matter. He was visiting to discuss the most recent treaty signed between the William Hart commune and King Heinrich. Or not King Heinrich, his father. And he stopped in my commune and saw that they were about to cut off my hands. He parlayed for me. And the rest is history. I have been a humbled tracker, scout, and servant. General Kinsley since. Thank you for sharing. Of course. We all have our histories, (laughs) as you've shared with me. How much do you know? Another curiosity. (laughs) Give me a persuasion check. Seventeen. Well, I know that the court fancies themselves lords and ladies, and that they uh, are not your traditional crime syndicate. No. I know that they follow the man William Mason. Known as the king of the court, in that he has dark whispers in his ears. That he does. Activity of the court has become erratic over the last several years, according to Kinsley. And while I served him more outside of his home, outside of his stead, in Grishtram. He has shared some information with me. I have tracked individuals of the court. I have learned some information about them. Powerful institution. Yes. Very powerful. Which is why I'm very much hoping that the general will be as merciful as he was with you. Well, I am certain that the general will be very interested in information from a former lady of the court. I was afraid of that. As I said the night before, he is a good man. You can trust him. Yes, I. I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed, but I have a very hard time trusting people. <laughs> yes. It is written all over this. But when I say trust, I do not mean he must be familial to you. But you must trust a little to get something. Otherwise, you're alone. 
like I was. And like you were. She's not alone anymore, Kiran says, because I assume that with my passive perception, but over here. Yes, Kiran, you can definitely over here. Uh, <laughs> and he, he looks back at you, Kiran, and smiles and says, He was right. You seem to have found better company than the court. Far better than the court. Dare I say, friends. Almost. And you see at that he kicks he kicks up the speed of his horse who trots further ahead um, ahead of the group a little bit closer up towards where Cal is keeping watch as well um, and uh, I just realized that entire time the Asimer was sitting in front of him on the <laughs> <horse>. <laughs> I'll say for the first leg of the journey, the Asimer is on foot since you were going slow. Um, he was in our discussion of how to use the bag of holding. Yes, he was busy. He could have been riding with Kiran. Kiran would have been more than happy to. <laughs> I would uh, I would say, if anything, he'd be riding on the pony with Wiswick. <laughs> Did she just say something nice? <laughs> I say to the uh, ASMR. Jorhan kind of looks down at you and just says, I have not known you very long, but it just seems as though, yes, she is less prickly. I mean, that's pretty big for Scarlet. We should have a celebration or something. <laughs> I think we must move. Move on. <laughs> right, so maybe, ju maybe just a little spectacle. As uh, you say that, the, the Astomer kicks up the pony that starts to, just starts to trot forward and you're like, Grr! <laughs> Not used to the speed of this. <laughs> Slow down, Jasper. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Cal's up ahead and heard none of this. Yeah, Cal, you've heard none of this. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah I'm like a couple hundred yards away. Yeah, definitely, Cal. You're kind of keeping your keeping your distance. Uh, still, somewhat processing the last few days as you are keeping a distracting yourself with keeping an eye out and you're. You're almost keeping too good of a watch in this sort of more safe area of the road as you just sort of hear a bird in the distance sh shooting out of the, the rainy forest and just keeping an eye on the hillocks in the distance. Love Seeing, a good hillock. Love a good hillock. Um, cluster, every now and then passing your eyes over clusters of forests and seeing nothing of strangeness. Occasionally you'll see a large beast come out and just sort of just looks sort of like a strange combination of a yeti a yeti and a uh, and an ape that just sort of sits at the edge of the forest doesn't seem like much of a threat um, like the day passes with little to no disruption you find your rest and begin the next day of your journey. Um, would you like to go faster at this point or yeah. the fast pace? Yeah. Why not? Okay. Or, uh, you know what we could do? Nah, it's fine. So, you 
at this point, it's gonna take. It's still gonna take quite a while. So we're gonna do another kind of two days worth of, of perception checks for it. Um, so go ahead and give me perception checks for those who are keeping an eye out. Nice. Another twenty-two. Okay. Thirteen from Jet. I'm really distracted by all the brushes and stuff we've been twigs have been getting in my ears. <laughs> I got a six. <laughs> I got, well, actually, I got no, no, it. sorry. It's a total is a seven. Six is my modifier. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So a natural one. I got Great. a natural one. Uh, yeah, that's what I had last roll. <laughs> Cal, what'd you get? 13. Kiran, are you going passive or? Uh, no, I went active with a 27. Ooh, nice. Okay. So the first day I'd say once again goes with little to no issue you you start moving much faster on this day um but you've noticed that you're pretty much leaving the orbit of Majin set at this point and out of out of the civilization and entering into more dense wildlife um you find your rest and it's and it's easy enough the fourth day of travel with about four more days left to travel after this um you everything seems fine um the 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 clouds above are still rainy there's not as much rain coming down um but it's still a light rain um the storm is gathering a bit more there's less rain and more kind of you hear the thunder in the distance very hard to to see much um other than just the endless Trees and hills. Anyone who got a twenty or higher on your uh, on your perception check would notice two things. Up ahead, about a mile, you would notice that the road splits and moves around a very densely packed pine forest that's kind of clustered around a a, a hillock, um, or more, actually more of a large hill than than a hillock. Oh, I'm allergic to pine. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the forest is covered in a dense fog that kind of sifts in between the trees. And it's strangely, instead of kind of the road goes around it, seems to be very out of the way to go around it, like miles out of the way. Because um, you're kind of looking from atop a downward hill into this valley. It's a strange looking forest, and it's odd that the, the road is split instead of just taking down the forest, a path to the forest. The only one who would notice this is Kiron, since he rolled above a 25. Because it's cloudy, it's hard to see. You could also notice kind of small mountains off to the on the, uh, closer to the horizon. Um, Kiron, you would notice about halfway through this journey towards this forest. Maybe you're half a mile from the forest. Everyone can see it now, clearly. You see that the road splits awkwardly. You would see very quickly as you're moving a shadow. <sighs> move over the the ground it's very subtle because of the overcast sky but you kind of notice it you're looking forward and kind of scarlet's looking around and make eye contact with her and you just see a shadow come over scarlet it's very faint very faintly breaking the overcast light as if there's something flying above valen or anyone is anyone familiar with this area I should have rolled for Valen. 
he didn't see it either. Um, Valen kind of perks up at this because it's been a kind of a boring journey. <clears throat> I am not too familiar with Tresix or this area. I suppose it can't be much different from the lands just slightly north. Well, that pine grove ahead looks ominous, but could have sworn I saw something casting a shadow overhead, just briefly. You see, Valen looks ahead to the forest. He seemed to be somewhat distracted before this. And he's, ah, that I do know about. That is Veregrin's Weld. It's an old cluster of ancient wood. It is, uh, if you believe local rumors, it is haunted, of course. And the it's said to be the last vestige of my people, actually, in this land. So there are great elven artifacts in there that few are interested in risking to find. It is a very small wood, but nigh impenetrable by most, and any attempts at logging have been thwarted by creatures inside. They just decided to build a road around it instead. And then Valen kind of looks up to the sky at your mention of, of um, something flying over, and Kiran, you can give a perception check as well. Oh, another 27. Okay, Valen, you see him kind of like covering his eyes and kind of squinting up into the the uh, clouds, and there's just sort of like rain coming down. He's having trouble seeing, but then both of you see for just a second coming down beneath the clouds and then dipping up into them, the very large, massive wings. A small body that's elongated to a long tail, that you can just barely make out a point to it, and a long neck with a draconic-like head. Uh, as you just see this thing dip down, back up into the clouds, and you just hear a faint screech in the distance from it, a roaring screech. Uh, can I check to see if I would know what this is? Would yeah, I give me a nature check. Uh, nature's plus 17 total. 17. Uh, looking a little closer and you see it dip down again and kind of stay beneath the clouds and circle. It's probably about, I mean, it's pretty high above you and it's probably off right. the road by a mile or two. Um, this is a wyvern. Okay. And you know that wyverns usually live closer to the mountains, but they hunt down in valleys often for livestock or people um, or other beasts that are a decent enough meal for them. And that they're pretty aggressive, usually. Wyverns above. We should be careful. Is Cal still out there? We should warn him. Yeah, Cal is still ahead. I'll go warn Cal. The rest of you, your eyes on the skies... No telling. Timber, are you okay? <laughs> you see Timber is sopping wet. Oh. Just like that oh. wet dog look where it's skinnier than it, than it looks with its fur out. Uh, Kieran clicks his uh, mouth. Come, Rocco, let's go. And he takes it. <laughs> That's and right. Kieran's named his horse Rocco. Uh, Kieran 
starts to to um, to trot forward ahead, and gallops up to where <laughs> Cal is. Cal, you're keeping an eye out. You haven't noticed the wyvern above, but you ha- you do notice the the haunted looking forest ahead. Um, and quickly, Kiran comes up beside you, quick uh, trotting up. Cal, how goes the scouting? Clear through that forest, but I can't see much beyond. Yes, uh, Valen informed us that Vari... Varigrin. Varigrin's Veld. Weld. It's a, uh, a relic of the Wood Elves when they occupied these lands well before man came. Does um, he think it's uh, passable? He said they uh, built a road that goes around, but of more immediate threat is to the skies. And I saw a Wyvern... And that's when you would hear very much like when you're playing in Skyrim and you hear a dragon in the distance. And you're like, Uh, you fuck, god damn it. (laughs) You just hear the echoing above as you see it kind of dipping down, coming closer down towards ground. You see it kind of circling the field about a half mile to your your right off the road. Okay. Um, Does it look like it's seen us or anything like that or is it occupied it's unsure but it is most certainly looking for something to attack and okay based on how low it's flying and right, the way right, it's circling right, right, the right. fields and we're open uh, field till that four right correct Fuck. i see what you're doing here you're <laughs> <laughs> gonna try to force us into the woods and go on another hey. little adventure hey and kieran is here for it you can, you can do whatever you want you know, you're on a, a road that's just slightly kind of hillocked above. I'm saying hillock a lot today. Uh, it's like a causeway. Is it like it's, a causeway? Yes, thank you. It's like a causeway with very <laughs> shallow ditches on the left and right that lead to somewhat bumpy fields. On your right, it descends down into that lower field where the, the wyvern is currently circling. Um, it doesn't seem like there's much wildlife in that field. Um, it actually looks a bit more like wetlands. Mm. Um, as you are approaching this split fork in the road that goes around the forest, which is about a half mile away at this point. Um, the wyvern is a similar half mile away from you. Uh, I want to lean over to Scarlet and I say, I bet you I can hit that thing from here. No. I no, can do it. No, no. I, got new I, be- I, I believe you. But it won't see it coming. No. Uh, as, the last thing we need is to engage this thing. As, as uh, Wiswick is saying that, uh, uh, Timber grabs the pony's uh, like <laughs> leash, bridle. leash, bridle. Thank you, thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. And uh, which do you mean? I, I don't know the string. Yeah, you grab, you grab the horse's yeah. Uh, bridle. I, or... Yeah, I, I grab the horse's bridle and I, I start leaning it to like the direction we're supposed to go in. I kind of just mumble and say, "I bet I can hit it about two or three more times before it gets here." <laughs> I believe you can. That doesn't mean you should. We should take right, my go. approach to this. Let's be stealthy. Go back to the others. Tell them to dismount. Get them on the other side of the uh, the, the causeway. Here we'll uh, go through just under cover. We'll, we'll use what cover it offers um, to keep us below the uh, the line. Here it won't help us if it goes right over, but it'll help a little. Right, sounds good. And Kira, I'll get it. I'll get up to the the forest line and meet you there. Rides back to the group. 
Okay. Cal dismounts and leads his horse off the path a little bit on the opposite side of the causeway from the wyvern. Okay. Hey, Kieran, bet me that I can't hit that thing from here. Oh I am more than certain that you could hit that thing from here. Your Kieran, skills will you put him back are... in the bag, please? <laughs> Cal suggested we dismount and travel on the other side of this hillock. Uh, below where the wyvern might see us. He said he'll meet us at the forest ahead. And then Kiran leads, leading, uh, goes off the side and dismounts to lead okay. his horse. Do the rest of you follow? Correct. Yep, yes. and I dismount and I keep a very close eye on Wisdom. The plan is to go into the scary forest? No, the plan nope, is we're to just go gonna approach it. it. Sounds good then. I need, you not, I need you not to talk. Unless the DM decides to force us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I would like you all to do then is make stealth checks as you conceal yourself um, behind uh, the hillock. Is it is it is it obvious? Causeway. So did did Kiran specifically say we need to be stealthy about this? We need to be. Uh, I guess Kiran. he didn't say specifically. I mean, unless he wants to. No, Kiran would not. He would just been like this, you know. Okay. It's not even about being stealthy. It's about just eliminating line of sight. Okay. Okay. All right. Then I'm, I'm not, not going to cast Path Without Trace. I wouldn't. Okay. So you lead your horses past the um, the side of the causeway. Start to move move in the ditch, within the ditch. There's a lot of water that's gathered here, and it's just sort of a slog as you're slopping through it. Um, you hear the roar of the wyvern in the distance. It does seem to be getting a little bit closer. Uh, but you can't see it from here. The, the causeway is tall enough, at least, that you do not have eyeline of it. Um, and you're traveling 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet. Rough. You start to hear some buzzing insects around you. Is Then you just hear a... As above you, not immediately above you, but probably like 60 feet up in the air, you just see, see the shadow and the outstretched wingspan of this wyvern as it just flies over you and towards a field, the field in front of you, um, which is a bit more solid ground, a bit more hilly, um, but it is now on this side of the causeway. What do you do? Uh, slowly but carefully, go to the other side of the causeway. <laughs> okay. Um, at this being heightened, I would cast Pass Without Trace. Okay. I don't know why I didn't mean to roll. What are you guys doing now that you're... How close is the wyvern from us? At this point, um, it's flying pretty fast. It flew right over you, right. so it's probably like 200 feet away from you okay. at this point as you start to try to do something about it. And you can see it's starting to kind of curve mm -hmm. as it's starting to do another a circle on, in this section of the uh, the wild. Uh, Kieran's going to jump up on his horse and try to quickly take it up and over as well. Um, but definitely isn't really trying to be stealthy, more trying to just break sight. Okay. What are the rest of you doing? Similar, but I'm trying to be still. 
Okay, so Scarlet, give me a stealth check. And did you cast Pass Without a Trace, Timber? I did. Uh, okay, plus and 34. <laughs> okay. Scarlet, you quickly bring your horse up to the main road, and, and the horse is so quiet. And you're so quiet, everyone's kind of doesn't even notice that you've 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 gotten back onto the road and onto the other side um stefan you've you kind of you notice scarlet as she gets ahead of you and, and her horse kind of almost does like a sliding maneuver down to the other side of the yeah. causeway this side is a little bit deeper um Wizwick and um timber what are you doing uh sort of the same thing as scarlet yeah except timber's trying to make sure that Wizwick's following him <laughs> Yes, thank you. I forgot to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Wizwick, Wizwick follows a lot uh, through obediently. Okay. Are you stealthing? You guys are both stealthing, right? Yeah. Why not? Okay. Uh, except I rolled a two, which is actually... I got, a, I got a 34. Can I help him? <laughs> I got a 15 total. Oh, wow. That's a good stealth. Um, Cal, what are you doing? So by this point, Cal, you, by this point, Cal, you're getting pretty close to the forest. Uh, well, then if I make it to the forest, I'm going to get right inside the line of trees to cover and tie my horse, like, just so it can't be seen. Okay. Would you want to just kind of try to dash for that now? No, I'm not dashing. I'm moving at the same clip I was moving. Okay. Good to know. So as not to provide. If it's like T-Rex size, you know? <laughs> Where is it? Perception. There it is. Scarlet, you feel confident that you got over a timber. You feel confident as you wait and watch watch for Wizwick. You kind of see Wizwick had hesitated for a moment, but the Asimer on the horse kind of Brings brings it up and follows along. Um, okay, uh, you all feel generally safe until you kind of get up to the top of the causeway, and Scarlet dips down into the the uh, the, the ditch. Timber ditch slips down into the ditch. Curon and Wizwick are a little bit more exposed, I guess, with it. Um, and there's just sort of the proper moment as Wizwick and Curon, as you're about to go into the ditch, you turn and look and you see the wyverns turn. It starts flapping its wings hard towards you. Now the wyvern at this point is, is about 250 feet away from you. Okay. Roughly. You are about a quarter mile away from the woods. Mm-hmm. What would you like to do? Uh, Kieran's gonna ready guiding bolt, uh, which is a range of 120 feet. And upon seeing this thing, he's just gonna put it into high gear and start galloping towards the uh, forest. Okay. Do the rest of you do the same? Uh, I'm gonna shoot something at it because <gasps> I've got a great spell and I want to show it off. Um. <laughs> I, 
I now have a new ability called Alchemical Casting, which allows me to expend a, a second level spell slot and change any spell that I choose that I cast uh, that has a range higher than 30 feet into one mile. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. So I can make some pretty cool fireball fireworks if all I want right. to blow all my spell slots at the end of the day. And I got to check that out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I'd say, Wiswick, you can do this as the ASMR, as Jorhen starts to push the pony into a gallop following Curon. Um, what I'm going to want to do now is, is in a, this isn't like straight battle initiative. This is more like skill check initiative, but I'd like everyone to roll in an initiative. Yeah, you really gotta stop doing that. Pirates life from me. Um, <laughs> all right, twenty to twenty-five. Twenty-nine. Oh, nice. got a natural twenty. But I got nat twenty. Yes, yeah, so did I. What'd you get, Cal? Well, mine's better. <laughs> it's a twenty-four. Okay, twenty to twenty-four. Fifteen to twenty. Sixteen, Kieran. <coughs> Ten to fifteen. Eleven. Eleven. 11. Okay. Do you guys decide who goes first? Uh, I got it at the same time because I'm pulling Wizwick. <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't worry. Jorhen is, is controlling the pony. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Everything's okay now. All right. <laughs> so, Wizwick or. I guess matter. you can decide on your Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Um, That's everyone, I think. Yes. You could do. All right, then, Scarlet, you're up first. Okay. Um, I don't have any fancy range spells, so I am just going to flat out book it for the edge of the trees where... Can I see Cal at this point? Or he's, he's still too far away? Um, yes, I'd say you can see Cal because he's not, he's not so far ahead of you that you can't see him. He okay. stayed within eyesight. But yeah, you can see Cal. Okay, I'm going to mad dash it straight ahead to where I can see him. Okay. Actually, right. so if I use my movement, bonus action dash, and action dash, can I get all the way up there? Well, you could definitely get up to Cal with all of that. Yeah. All right, so you have dashed ahead. All right, so that brings us to Cal then. Um, so I said I tied up my horse. I am not doing that anymore. I am instead <laughs> on the horse. Getting ready to ride out to help anyone if we needs help if they can't make it to come. Okay, so I'm as not you're doing that. okay, so you're waiting, um, ready to help anyone as you're on your your horse. You're about, um, I'd say you're about. The forest is close, but it would still take you a few like a few rounds to get up to it. Um, I, thought I, I thought you said I was in the forest, right? No, no, no. no. I said that. I asked oh. you if you wanted to dash to the forest. And you oh said no, no, no. I'm still getting the cup. Okay, so you want to then you want to move towards the forest. Okay, so I'd say that with your dash action and movement, you can get um, on your next turn, you'll reach the forest line. Cool. Okay. And you kind of turn behind you as you're dashing as you see Scarlet 
quickly catching up to you. All right. Kieran, you're up. Um, so it's not within range of 120 feet. No, but I would allow you to, to have ready that in this turn instead of before we did initiative. Okay. So yeah, so getting that readied for when it comes into range, I guess if that's my action, I'll just use my movement to head towards okay. the forest. Okay, so you start to head towards the, uh, the forest. You're kind of readying this ball of light forming in your hand, waiting for the thing to get closer to you. Um, all right, you watch as the creature is the creature is, is, is getting closer for sure. Probably will be here uh, on the top of the next initiative order. Um, but you see, you see Valen riding on the back of his horse that has now gotten up on the uh, on the causeway, is riding towards you all. And you see him very quickly knock an arrow, hands off the reins, pull it back, and fire it off towards the uh, um, the creature with a, a uh, with yeah yeah he's 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 a badass. <laughs> when I remember he's here, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he will hit the creature as you see because longbows have ridiculous range, um, especially with someone who's good at them. Uh, he fires off this arrow, um, and you see the creature coming towards you. Uh, and as the arrow gets, it goes 100 feet, 200 feet, and then right before it hits the creature, it splits into several different um, uh, thorns as nice. the hail of thorns clashes against the creature, and you see as best you can these creature... You see the creature start to do like kind of like barrel rolls as its dexterity mm -hmm. is avoiding as much of these thorns as possible, but is definitely going to be hit by a lot of it. That is... Do you see the thorns whipping through the thin membrane of its wings? He's bailing. Deals a bunch of damage. Alright, and he keeps riding forward. Um, Wiswick or Timber, whoever wants to go first. Go for it. <laughs> Uh, I think I see the rest of my party, like, shoot out ahead of me. Yeah. And I get a little nervous, and I think, Well, maybe I should just run like everybody else. Nobody seems to be turning around, so... Uh, instead of casting what I was gonna cast, I, uh, cast Haste on Jasper. Woo! Okay. Holy shit, okay. So, haste. Remind me how that affects movement for. Uh, it just gives you an extra creatures. action so you can dash. Double dash. Yeah. yeah. It, okay. it actually does Mario double Kart. the speed in the. It says your speed is double. Nice. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. So, Jasper just starts dashing forward at mock speeds as. Um, as you see the ace merge is sort of like, whoa, <laughs> let's, go of, let's go of the reins. And Wizwick, you confidently take them from him as mm -hmm. Jasper is just, just feet causing like leaving streaks of smoke in the air as, as he's just darting across this, uh, this causeway, um, moving a, a phenomenal distance. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, That's, I, uh, I wanna Jasper moves 240 feet. Wow. <laughs> I'm shouting out insults at uh, Scarlet's horse as I zoom past her. 
Yeah, you would definitely zoom past, and uh, you'd be real close to Cal at this point. Uh, you'd pretty much be catching right up with Cal at the start of the next uh, the next uh, turn. You talk to him yeah, like at which that. point I would just be like, uh, and just get on the horse. And... <laughs> uh, all right, so. That horse couldn't beat a fat man encased in concrete being dragged back <laughs> by a dragon. All right, so you watch as this wyvern, it starts to really flap its wings and it just starts to dive down and, and glide towards you as it is now, um, now it is within 100 feet of you as it has made its way forward. Um, it will... Yes, you could definitely pew pew it right now, but it is definitely on the next turn will be within feet uh, combat distance. Well, you said it's in, within a hundred feet, right? Mm-hmm. I can cast. It's ninety guiding, feet away. I can cast guiding bolt. Yes, twenty. I meant a threat to you. Soon. Gotcha. So go ahead and uh, uh, roll to hit. Uh, dirty twenty. Nice. It definitely hits. I'm casting it at third level. At 66. All right. Hmm. Execute order 66. <laughs> How much damage is that? Only 16 points of damage. 16, okay. Still good. Good, Kira. Stop it. As you see this creature who is starting to, you know, it, it just took a lot of damage to its wings from Valen. It's flapping forward and it's diving. And as it's diving, you see Kiron riding almost like Gandalf in Minas That's Tira. what I was going for. Yes. Fires off this beam of light that shines through the valley and goes into the creature's face. And you can see it kind of pulls back its wings and, and stops for a moment as it's sort of blinded and takes this damage as a light erupts around it, guiding any attacks upon it for the next round or the next attack on it as it's just sort of you hear that in the distance as it then resumes its dive forward and anything else oh actually that was a reaction Correct. so scarlet top of the order now uh how far away am i from the the woods so cal has another like 100 feet to get to it so okay. you're just getting up on Cal, so it would take okay. you double dash and a little extra to get there. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I want to do, so wouldn't get there because I'd get about 90 feet, so I'd just barely not be there. Yeah, you'd but, be on the edge of the woods at this point. Yeah. You, you would essentially be able to like turn back and watch and wait for your friends. Yeah, yeah, I'm less than useless in this fight, so that's what I'm going to keep doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cal, you kind of had had waited at first for your friends and then started kicking up your horse, and you see as you're going, Scarlet comes up to meet you, and you, you are likely to arrive roughly at the same time at the forest edge now, which you are up now, Cal. So looking back, is that wyvern about to intercept the party... And, and Kiran. Yes. So this wyvern is likely on the next round to intercept Kiran, Wiswick, and Valen because they've been using actions. Yeah. Instead of uh, a movie action. No, Wiswick is up with you. Um, right. It's just Kiran and Valen. It's just Kiran and Valen. Yeah. All right. So I uh, 
on my horse now. I rear around as cool as I can. Uh, and I start riding. All right. Towards them. Like, like Jamie Lannister with that uh, spear towards the dragon. Uh, I mean, I wasn't going to um, relate it to anything because I have imagination. Well, I like to relate things. But when... So, Scarlet, you ride past Cal and you notice him stop as you're riding and you keep looking and you're looking back as he just sort of stops mid and looks from the wyvern to your allies and, and you see him just start to gallop back towards the, the fight. What are you doing? I'm like at 60 miles an hour. I can't hear you. Yeah. What? <laughs> dramatic. Yeah, it's too dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's too dra- moving too dramatically. It's all the drama is pushing out anywhere. Kieran, you're up. Um, the wyvern looks like it's going to still be heading right towards us. Like these attacks haven't warded it off in any way. Uh, you noticed on your, your reaction that it definitely was a bit warded off by your attack. Mm-hmm. It was looking a little... It's It did stop for a moment right. as it took it, but it, it reasserted its movement. Take that however you will. Alright. Uh, gonna move... Well, I guess it's 90 feet away, so I'll fire a, another guiding bolt this time at second level. Uh, All right, roll a hit with advantage. Oh yeah, because of the guiding bolt prior. Uh, well, uh, twenty-three. That'll definitely. And it's only five d six. Ooh, it does more damage. Okay. Twelve, fifteen, eighteen points of radiant. Nice. And then uh, moving closer to the trees. Okay, another 30 feet closer to the trees. Um, uh, again, you see this light blasting from Curon's, Curon's uh, reliquary that is floating in his hand, and the creature just it takes the beam, and again, this time it definitely stops again in its dive. This time it does pause for a longer moment as it seems to be deciding what to do. Horses have 60 feet movement. Nice. So yes, you've made it. Yes, that's right. Another sixty feet up, uh, as the creature has paused at this point and is unsure if it's you're unsure if it's continuing its pursuit. Um, you watch then as right after you, Valen still galloping ahead drops the reins again, draws another arrow and fires it off towards the beast. He has advantage. Good thing he has advantage because he rolled a two. I, I, like, saw a twitch in your face, and I was like, oh, is that a bad roll? <laughs> the arrow does find purchase. Let's all make the purchase. Yeah, nice. It deals oh, maximum good. damage. Uh, as it deals uh, 13 points of piercing damage on the creature. Good, Valen. Good. <laughs> now kill him. I was going to go Do with that. Do it. That rolls are strong. <laughs> and, and if you can imagine it, the, the, the wyvern is, is moving through this whole time. So it's the wyvern gets like, it's going to make movement on its turn and it gets closer. And Valen just release fires another arrow. It hits right into the chest of the wyvern and it stops again at this point. Um, and it, it is looking very much precarious and like it might 
not want to deal with this prey. We're not uh, easy prey. Which comes to Wiswick and Timber. Uh, okay, I'm going to... Well, Timber, I think we skipped you last round. Oh, did we? Yeah, we did. Okay. Well, I go first anyway. I'll let oh. Timber have double action. I'm gonna Just run double up action. to... Fine. You can. You do give me the whole turn. <laughs> double action, double movement. Wizwick, what are you doing? I definitely want to beat Scarlet to the <laughs> because I can't talk shit and then not beat her there. You can definitely beat Scarlet with your speed. <laughs> so I dash there. Mm-hmm. I drop off. Uh, the ASMR. There. Yeah. And then I turn my horse around and do the rest of my movement in the opposite direction and say, Rah! as she goes by, I go, uh, lap two, let's go. Yeah, you, so Scarlet, when you get up to the edge of the forest that 10 feet away from it, you see Wiswick just depositing the ASMR as he, and just zooms past you, barely hear him say, Rah! <laughs> Why is everyone going back? As Wiswick, you can easily get back with the group um, at this distance with how much they've moved towards the forest. You actually catch up to Cal and then move a little bit further than Cal as you're both on the net top of the next initiative will meet up with your uh, your allies. Well, do I have... Um, do I still have an action? Yes. Well, did you want to dash? I would say... Would I have to dash within to get within 120 feet? Within 120 feet, you would not need to dash. Okay. Well, you then I'll do that. Yeah, no, you'd be able to get within 120 feet. Yeah, we'll drop a magic missile on him. Ooh, nice. Go for it. Oh, one of the pesky D4s. Nobody can ever find those things. Mine are right There's here. One. Do you want them? Yeah, here, hand them over. Sloop. Got it. <laughs> I got a four, watch that, see if that worked. Another four and a one. So How much uh, nine plus three is eleven. Eleven and we'll say it's fire. Okay, this wyvern is looking rough. Um as it is Timber's turn. I'm just going to do what I did last turn, which got skipped, which is move and dash, which is a total of 120, so that's a total of 240. You get to the edge of the forest with Scarlet. <laughs> so, it's my turn. As you see, Scarlet, you see Timber galloping as a wolf towards you and arriving just next to you as you look back and see this wyvern is kind of... All of these attacks have been hitting the wyvern as it's been closing the gap. Um, and you see all of you kind of who are back there, you've reunited now, um, and the wyvern is bearing down on you, but you notice as it comes down, it takes all these hits and you hear the, and then you suddenly see it dip lower for a second and then and flies overhead of you and dashes forward away because it is taking a shit ton of damage and it does not want to eat something that can fuck it up that bad. <laughs> and it just it just kind of, yeah, you can yeah, almost, yeah. it's 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 a moment where almost like 
for a second, you almost think it's going to come in for the attack and kind of like maul one of your horses. Um, but it just, after taking the magic missile that just into the chest and kind of flames lick around it. And you can see these chromatic flames kind of licking around its mouth as if it was about to attack you with a breath weapon. But then it just flies above and dashes across the causeway into the next field. Would you like to end initiative here? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So as... Oh, God, that... I thought I, well, I thought I turned on the, like, crossfade and it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> you all kind of are breathing heavily as your horses are agitated and a bit frightened after the creature flew overhead. You can see it just... making its way towards the mountains, spooked thoroughly and wounded, ready to uh, to not deal with you. <laughs> you just sort of, in that moment, you almost, like, the adrenaline had caused all of the, all of your feelings to, to dissipate as suddenly you feel the cold rain again. You hear the rumble of the storms to the north. <sighs> you all re rejoin at the crossroads before the forest line. What would you like to do? Well, Is everyone all right? Uh, yes, fine, thank you. Hopefully we scare that wavering off good, and it won't be hunting on these roads anytime soon. Nice job, lads. Yeah, well done. Um, what time is it, Sean? At this point, it's about, um, with how much you've traveled, this is the second day, it's about, uh, I'd say it's about 3.30. You still have some traveling time left. You know, guys, I should get a job as a horse rider. I'm pretty good at this. As you see, you see, um, uh, uh Jasper is like, <laughs> and then suddenly he's like, <laughs> <laughs> as... Wiswick cannot get Jasper to, to move faster than a crawl as he's just <laughs> right. dismount um, the horses if we keep riding them right now they'll be um, they'll be blown in another half hour so uh, give them some rest and uh, we'll just we'll just we'll lead them so you're gonna travel further but walking them yeah horse care is important yes <laughs> Horses so, are ridiculously fragile animals for all the stuff that humans use them for. It's true, and uh, that's why they're slower than you think at D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. um, so, you start to travel. Um, I actually, sorry, in my mind, I need to advance you a little bit further. Um, you've gone a little bit further in distance um, than I said earlier. It's not going to be four days travel. It'll be more like uh, three days travel um, in this setting. Do you take the left or right road? The yes, left goes yes. a bit south, the right goes a bit north. Or actually, no, the, the, the left is going... They both bend north, from what you can understand. Valen, um... Any, any word on either of these? Valen kind of takes a moment to look out and kind of 
Scott, he moves off the road a little bit to look ahead as best he can, uh, the best his elf eyes can see. Um, and uh, he looks back to you and says, the one seems... <laughs> They run as if the whips of their masters are behind them. Uh, he looks and he just says, Either road will take us to the crossroads above, but it seems as though the brush is thicker on the south or on the, uh, the western side of the wood. Perhaps the north would be better. Uh, Sean, can I cast Guidance on myself and then roll an insight check, kind of like to be like asking Ilivania for uh, insight or guidance into the situation? Sure. Go ahead. You can certainly try. I'm just going to take the more easterly path. Northerly? Mm -hmm. It's it's, it's right. east. It's e uh, northeast path. Well, even with a four from Guidance, I got... Actually, wait. I guess I should check. One. It like follows down the right path. Oh, uh, so 14 overall. You mutter a silent prayer as sort of the calm comes over you and the rain is, is, is falling around you. You just hear a brief in the distance. You just mutter a, a brief prayer, but you don't feel any particular guidance other than the magical guidance you've placed upon yourself. Because Ivanya does not answer. Hmm. That bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you will also take the northerly path um, around the woods. You occasionally will look in through the dense, thick pine, and it's sort of eerie as you look look in as it's sort of the way the trees are lined as you're moving they feel almost like they're shifting um, in a confusing and perplexing way like you're staring at a something too long and your eyes go uh, cross what is everyone's uh, sorry passive Passive um, wisdom. Not high. <laughs> you mean uh, passive wisdom? A... You mean just, just straight wisdom modifier plus ten? It's up. Uh... Is that or what it you is? Mean insight? It's on your. Do it's you on your DD on in your senses. Do you mean insight passive. or do you mean perception? Then. No, no, I mean passive wisdom, perception, or insight. The insight one. Oh, okay. Uh, Twelve. Yeah, it's uh, thirteen. Seventeen. Nice. Ten. 10. <laughs> okay. For those of you who got below a, a 12, um, there's, for a moment as you're passing, you become not bewitched by this forest as you're looking into it, but you find yourself staring into it more than you would like out of compulsion. And since you both have 10, you both, about halfway around the wood, feel this like almost psychic streak screech into your mind sort of a wail that is so ear piercing that you you close your eyes and grasp your head for a moment as you take one point of psychic damage rude as you kind of look oh you squeeze your eyes tight and when you look up you think you see the form of a a woman between the trees 
with a long gown on and horns similar to Valen's, but much larger and, and curving back and up at the back. And they spread, sprawl out into a, a um, uh, autumn foliage, actually. Her skin is, uh, is a deep, deep forest green with these amber eyes. Uh, she just looks to, to each of you who can see her, which is only you two, and just sort of gives you a, a beckoning into the woods. And then as quickly as she appeared, she vanishes. Do you not feel a compulsion to enter the woods? I, uh, I draw the fuck out of my sword. You all see Cal kind of take the, like this moment where his horse stops and kind of reels and he draws his blade as he looks into the woods. How is it? Everything all there's right? A, there's a woman in the woods. I, woman, I assume she's a woman. I don't know about what else. Uh, Why don't you come walk on the other side of the road here? Come away from the woods. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cal, stop talking nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I look, I look confusedly at Wiswick, and I see the same fear in his eyes that would take the heart of me. <laughs> and, then I, uh, and then I just, I just, I don't say anything about it. I just ride to the other side of the road. But so you I keep see... my sword out. Not like it's not like up. It's just like hmm. drawn. And as you're riding, Valen kind of looks to each of you and looks to the woods himself at that kind of compulsive reaction. Yes, there are stories. The witch that holds Vergen's wield. We should move quicker. Kiran clicks and yeah, I remount my horse, I guess. As you move forward, you kind of keep somewhat of a distance from the wood. Cal and Wiswick staying on the, the, the opposite end. Every now and then you just hear strange noises in there. Sound like otherworldly animals. When you're kind of cresting around the peak of the curve, Valen kind of points up and you all see slightly above the tree line what looks like these ruined um, elvish tower that has this design, architectural design that looks like it's made of the trees themselves. And it looks like this tall tree formed tower that has a hole in the top and you could just sort of see this ancient architecture in there. But you can move past it and as the night comes to you, you approach a small um, crossroad where the where the uh, northern byway meets the jubilant course that leads towards Caradolin. As you approach it, you can see there are clusters of tents and wagons all around this crossroad. And you see there's only one structure, permanent structure which is a very tall tavern that's about four stories high um, and just sort of this leaning. So it somewhat looks, as you're approaching it, it almost feels like it's swaying, this tower. Um, with, it, may, it may just be the swaying of your horses or it's the tower itself. And as you come into the torchlight of this, uh, this vestige of civilization in this area, you see tents with travelers in them looking up at you over their cook pots, you see carts with um, different uh, um, people just offering up trade. Um, 
but most of them are getting ready for sleep as it's approaching uh, eight o'clock at this point. And you approach the center of this where you can see the road curves north, uh, northwest towards uh, um, Drift March. You can actually, you would have noticed when you came closer where the opposite side of the forest road came and you definitely took the shorter path. Um, and you can see the northern road heads off into the darkness or the northeastern road heads into the darkness towards the river to cross over into the territories of Oxland. Um, there's signs at the center of the crossroad that points each way. One says Drift March, the other says Kerr Dolan. Um, you approach and you see this large building in the center towering above you. Um, you can see there's several balconies where you can see some people standing out. You see a, a, an older uh, woman smoking a pipe looking down at you from the second floor. You see two two young individuals above on the left side who are just looking up at the stars together. Um, it's very loud in this area. It's very raucous. You can hear some off to the right. You see a cluster of tents where there are some kind of coal dirt covered miners that look like. We're drinking together and laughing. You can hear the, the, the plucking of barge strings in the distance. As you see above you a sign that just says above it, Hearthpot Public House. As you see a black cauldron with fire coming out of it, painted beneath the, uh, the sign. I'm sorry, that was Hearthpot of Lick House? Hearthpot Public House. Public House. Public House. Oh. Oh, like thank goodness. It. My butt was starting to chafe. Do you want to go we're in? going in? Or do you want to camp outside? That seems like a pretty easy answer. Let's go in. It might be safer camp outside. Less eyes would see us. Oh, we need to get to on early. Or outside. You see a man stumble out of the, the hearth pot drunk. He bites into a carrot stick and kind of falls forward, stumbling into into a, a cow's horse. He just looks up and pulls off his, his fisherman's hat. Just says, Welcome to the Withwar Corner. Ladies crossroads and as he stumbles towards the, uh, the campsites. See, even this slob is polite. <laughs> All right, I uh, I dismount, and uh, is there a hitching post? <laughs> there are. You actually see to the left. There are dozens of hitching posts. There's a, a, a large kind of stabled area, and there's no one there. It's just sort of seems to be free of charge. All right, I'd like to hitch my horse okay. to one of those posts. Yeah. As and, soon as you uh, hitch the horse, you notice in the back of this stable area, there are a lot of horses here. Um, you see one large kind of bison-looking uh, um, creature that's that's uh, with these long tusks that come out that is uh, um, hitched there as well. As you see this uh, young um, this young human man kind of run rushes forward out of a chair. He seems to have been kind of dozing off. He's, Oh, I'm so very sorry, sir. I could take th I could take care of that for you. It's free. It's on the house. There's free hitching for all at at uh, with Walla Corner. With uh, sorry, you say Walla Corner? What'd you say? Witwara. Witwara Corner. Witwara Corner. 
The sign yeah. says the hearth pot. I'm, I'm, I don't understand. Oh, the hearth pot. Says, that's uh, well, that's all Trevor's place. Yeah, that's where most people sleep unless they want to gaze under the stars. But this is the greatest tent city in all the land. Oh, okay. And it's free of charge. Well, yeah, you could. Well, the hitching's free, and you got two options for sleeping. You can now go over there and, and, and rent one of the wagons from the uh, from uh, uh, Amara. She rents wagons out for the folks to sleep in. If they don't have tents, don't want to sleep on the ground. Or you can head on inside and Trevor and Krevler can set you up with a room. A bit more expensive than a car, as you can presume. But uh, they took care of you. Mm. Oh, uh, last week, a day ago, we had a, a whole whole band of, 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 of refugees come through. with The fancy man from Oxland. Mm, yeah. Only a day ago, you said. Yeah, they didn't want to stay, though. They kept moving. Understood. Um, well, uh, yeah, if you could uh, 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 take care of our horses here. Um, oh, certainly, certainly. Krevlik and Trevor, they both believe in giving the goods out for the folk, small folk traveling on the road. We don't like charging for for the bare necessities. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much, but either way, uh, and I tip him three silver. Thank you very much, sir. Oh, I'll take right good care of your horses. Actually, no, how many horses do we have? We have four horses? You have, uh, yeah, well, five with Valen's horse. I tip him five silver. Very generous, sir. And I, uh, I, I don't know, turn around. To yeah. Friends. So, if you're gonna head inside, you step inside and it's a very raucous room. Um, there's a lot of drunk, uh, what appears to be workers in here. Um, they all are wearing ragtag clothes. It seems as though this might be a stopping point between their work and their village, um, where it takes them two days' journey to get to the mine or the lumber camp they work at. And they stay here. There's probably a deal with the lumber company or the, the mining company to allow them to stay here for cheaper mm-hmm. prices. Um, and they're all joyously drinking. You look up, and you can see that the tower is open all the way to the top in a perplexing way that seems like it shouldn't be standing. Um, and you can see these, these, it's almost like a, it looks nicer than this, but it's kind of like how you imagine the inside of a prison where there's the different layers of floors with the, the railing and you can see people kind of leaning off of it. So there's this a, is sort of a non-open air atrium? Yes. Um, and as you go in, you kind of see all the people, you look directly across the room towards the, towards the bar and you see, uh, a man who is has completely bald head he's very skinny um he has a uh, a jerkin a leather jerkin with a tunic underneath um he has a goatee that then comes down into a, a braided knot down below that is black in color and he's leaning against the bar washing a glass as you see next to him writing in a journal uh, probably a ledger um, not directly at the bar but just like kind of a table away that's in the corner kind of the owner's table that's kind of cordoned off um, you see an Aarakocra, a avian humanoid um, with bright uh, bluish-hued white feathers, an owl's face, an owl-like face. And you just see the feathers kind of flirling out as, as they're writing. They're wearing a very beautiful robe that comes down to their shoulders, their, their elbow with long tresses and you can kind of see feathers coming off of the arms you can kind of see this talon hand writing uh, and they're sitting there looking up every now and then at trevor or 
the man who is now known as Trevor, and this is probably Krevlik. Um, the room is raucous, and you have found some respite for the evening halfway through your journey, um, where you'll most likely get rooms. But since it's 1030, that's where we'll end tonight. Um, and we'll pick up with you getting your rooms and maybe exploring this little corner um, before making your way towards Drift March on the morrow. That's where we'll end. Who doesn't like travel episodes? Everybody likes travel episodes. It's it was a whole genre in like uh, like 1980 1990 era uh, of film. So I uh, hope you enjoyed this one and check us out next time. Thanks.